Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman, the Sports Animals, on ESPN Honolulu. I'm a little distracted. I'm watching the Masters. <laughs> Just uh, go, go ahead and uh, talk amongst yourselves, people. Uh, Xander Shoffley is lining up a putt. Uh, Tiger Woods is already two over after six holes. But um, Kevin Na already withdrew. He was doing really bad, and he went, oh, no, I'm on the live tour. People are going to laugh at me. Uh, I'm sick. Well, I guess when you have a double bogey on the first hole, maybe that's an indicator that maybe all of a sudden you're not feeling well and maybe you should think about withdrawing because I guess that's what happened to Kevin Na. <laughs> yeah, he's poor guy. He's a, he seems like a really nice guy. Kevin Na, is the, the, I, I was watching him at the Sony Open, and before he tees off, he has these pre-autographed balls, and his uh, caddy will uh, you know hand it to the volunteers at the tees before he tees off. I remember and he goes, saying that. And he shakes all, everyone's hand, the volunteers, to thank them for volunteering, and he's a classy guy. Anyway, hey, uh, welcome to the show. It's the Sports Animals here, as you heard, on ESPN Honolulu. Three things you need to know heading on into work today. Well, first, the Lakers lose yesterday. Uh, well, they still have a chance to play in the uh, the to play in the non-play-in playoffs, I guess I'll call it. The play-in tournament is what they call it. I still call it. No, the no, playoff. no. What the, what is, they have a chance to get out of the play-in oh. tournament and into the regular playoffs by going. 2-0 and in Golden State going 1-1 in the last two games. And I hate the, the phrase regular playoffs. But that's what people use. <laughs> I don't know. Way, I don't no, know no, it's not just it. you. Uh, a uh, lot of people have used that. Yeah, that was a uh, – again, I enjoyed that loss for them yesterday. Uh, Utah <laughs> does have a slight chance, but it looks like Dallas is the team that could maybe force one of those teams out like the Lakers in New Orleans. I guess the fortunate thing for L.A., though, Chris, is that they're in the seventh spot and the eighth spot, which means you would have two chances of getting into the playoffs. Right. Regular playoffs. So even if, mm-hmm. if they win the first game against like New Orleans as of today, they're automatically in. If they right. lose, they still have a chance. It's kind of like the uh, like the ILH playoffs. You if you know what you you lose one, but hey, you know what you get to take on one more person. We Double were, elimination uh, for a, a team or two. Yeah, in that spot. I like that. That's the term for it. All right, uh, we move on. It's Masters Week, as you heard already. And uh, we'll give you a leaderboard coming up in just a few minutes, but it is just majestic. This is, to me, it's Super Bowl Sunday right now with the Masters kicking off. It really is. It, it has to be. I mean, I mean, again, I, I know I say this often, but I'm a casual golf fan. But, I mean, how could you not get caught up in everything about Augusta? And I, it's, it was so weird a few years ago, like a lot of things in the world and sport, when it was played in November. Years from now, people are going to be wondering, well, why do they play the Masters in November? But things look like they're back to normal. And it uh, looks like the weather was beautiful, as you said. And, of course, the Tiger watch is always on. And there's so <laughs> many different perspectives to look at this tournament because it is so prestigious and there's a lot at stake. And then, oh, yes, the live golfers are there, all 18 of them. Yeah, well, 17 now. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, right. <laughs> 
Uh, the leaderboard has uh, Victor Hovland. Uh, I believe he's in. Yeah, he's in Tiger Woods group. Uh, Victor Hovland and Cameron Young, uh, the young Cameron Young, uh, both at three under. They lead the way so far uh, through seven and five holes, respectively. Adam Scott, former uh, Masters winner, along with Adrian Marunk, who I've never heard of, and Xander Shoffley, uh, are tied uh, for third. So we'll keep you updated here with the Masters update from Augusta coming up in about 10 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, it's uh, also game day for Rainbow Baseball. And, it, you know, Bakersfield is a team that's not one of the top teams in the Big West, but when you're at good. home... Yeah, good. <laughs> and when you're at home, you need to take care of these games. It's still early in conference play, but this team still has their sights set on winning a conference championship, at the very least competing. I'm not sure about the at-large possibilities right now, and I think Harrison Kuroda a few weeks ago had told us that's probably not going to happen. I think Josh had told us that as well, uh, that with their strength of schedule, it probably wouldn't get them in. That's not the way to go. Uh, three and three right now, you're playing a team that you need to take care of business with and hopefully remain in the top half of the conference standings. Yeah, because it's only going to get tougher. After this, it's only going to get tougher and tougher. Uh, I'm liking me some Big West baseball this year, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I want to get back to the Masters here. And um, Sergio Garcia is one under through ten holes. So Sergio is the highest-ranked live golfer. Hmm. Uh, I lied. He's tied with Patrick Reed, also one under. Sergio and Patrick, one under, tied for fifth. Um, in this uh, so far. Other names of note early on, uh, Xander Shoffley is one under. JT is one under. Hideki is one under. Uh, Cameron Smith, another another live golfer, uh, tied for fifth. <laughs> they got three live guys uh, in the thick of it. Uh, Mike Weir, the Champions uh, Tour golfer, is even. And uh, I bring his name up because he was, in, he was grouped with uh, Kevin Na. So I don't know what they do in this situation. I'll ask uh, Mark Rolfing when he joins us next hour. Do you just play by yourself, <laughs> or, or yeah. do you make like it's, a, or do you make like you're at the, uh, uh, you know, at uh, Ted Macalena, and you're like, hey, you mind uh, this guy join your group? <laughs> you know, there's got there's another group. I don't know which one, which only has two guys. Maybe they p- pair him up with him or something. Wow, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, let's see other uh, live golfers, just because it's so much fun to keep track of this. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Brooks Kepka is even, uh, so he's just you know he's just three back. I can't remember if Kevin Kisner is on the PGA Tour or the Live Tour, so I'll just uh, move past that. Da, 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 da. Bryson DeChambeau and Jason Kokrak plus two. Ugh. I can't remember if Taylor Gooch made the move. He's plus three. Louis Oosthuizen is plus three. Uh, Tiger Woods, by the way, plus three right now after seven holes. Bubba Watson from the Live Tour, plus four. Uh, and the list, I'm not going to go into the weeds here. Dustin Johnson uh, hasn't. A bunch of guys haven't teed off yet either. Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, uh, they have yet to tee off. But uh, there you go. We'll keep you updated. Uh, it's really exciting, and it's it's hard to do a radio show. Shane Lowry, by the way, just moved into a tie for third as well. The former... Um, Open winner or U.S. Uh, British Open winner Shane Lowry has moved into a tie for three. All right, I saw that Tiger did have a double bogey on the third hole today too. Oh, Tiger! 
It looks like he's walking okay. You can. It's one of the featured groups on ESPN Plus, uh, John Rahm's group and Tiger's group. Um, you know, he's he's not walking like before the accident, but he doesn't have a huge noticeable limp. I think this is just a permanent way that it looks uh, of how he. That's what that's what he looks like, where he's just very flat-footed uh, when he walks. Forty-seven years old. I saw that. I had to read it twice. You know, it doesn't seem like he could ever be. Not that that old. I'd love to be forty-seven. Uh, but <laughs> when you see that with Tiger Woods, I mean, he's getting close to that fifty mark. Where you know, maybe he can join the Champions Tour. But I think obviously a lot of eyes on maybe your favorite golfer, the one you're picking, the one you follow. But of course, the, the interest with Tiger Woods, with all the hype, so to speak, this week about could this be near near the end of his Masters career. Yeah, he was talking about it, and you got to take it year by year. How do I feel this year? Um, but I'm I'm rooting for my uh, close personal friend Sahith Gala. He doesn't know that we're friends, but you know, to me, since he said hi to me that one day at the Sony Open, he's my friend. You're in his fan club, I assume. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got the badge on and everything. Man, it's it's just amazing. I, you know, these people that are sitting. I'm not jealous. That's not a word that I would use to um, envious or maybe? envious. No, I'm no. not even envious. It's the same thing. I'm just watching these people and thinking, what a great, you know, they're watching Victor Hovland tee off at whatever hole this is right now. And what a great, uh, what a great experience to be sitting there on a little chair in the comfort in this great, great weather on a golf course where the grass looks is so nice that it looks fake, right? Yep. And you're at the biggest golf event of the year, and uh, it's just an amazing place. Uh, Raymond No, uh, maybe we get an update from Raymond No uh, coming up uh, next week because he's going. Uh, he'll be there on Saturday and Sunday with his family, I believe. So uh, that'll be uh, kind of cool to check out. All right, enough watching television, doing play-by-play. Let's get into it here on ESPN Honolulu. I just wanted to say one thing because somebody else who is watching it and doing the same thing as you and I and many others is Greg Norman. He is uh, he is oh, not, oh, the oh, invite oh, got lost in the mail or the wrong uh, Greg Norman got the invite because he ain't coming. Right. Well, he's even last uh, the last Masters. He, he didn't get any of the fancy passes. They yeah. gave him a pass basically to get in that you and I could get in and walk around. Yeah. But yeah, he's just too much of a distraction. They just said, you know what? We'll take your golfers. But yeah, Greg Norman is really. Uh, uh, you know how we sports hate teams? They just hate hating. He's overbearing. <laughs> you said one comment he made. I, I know rubbed a lot of people the wrong way the PGA Tour. He said if a live golfer wins it, the other yeah. 17 will be lining up right behind him when he gets the jacket, green jacket. So He didn't say they're going to be lined up That's, right behind him when he gets the green jacket. Him. No, they said they're going to line up behind the green and hug him and congratulate him as he's coming as he's finishing. Same thing. Like the Ryder Cup. No, you said you said they're going to stand behind him when he gets the green jacket. I'm sure they will. <laughs> they're they're going to line up and hug him as he's walking up. They're probably going to wait. You think they're going to leave they, before the green gonna jacket? They're not going to hug him comes. as he's walking up. They're not going to jump through the ropes and hug Did him. Did I say he, jump through the ropes? You said hug him as he's walking up the fairway. I said they'll be right behind him first. And I, that's what um, Greg Norman said. <laughs> They're going to be standing behind the green, like Ricky Fowler. Like some, of, like Ricky Fowler used to do that a lot. Uh, just kind of hang out behind the green, and they they greet the you know after the winner's done, they shake his hand. What's as after he's as done Fowler hugging his, after he's done hugging his caddy and and the, his wife or whatever, then they they hug a couple of players. I guess it's just the main point is the support that he Greg Norman has indicated that the live golfers are all in unison 
and you know supporting each other. And again, it seems like anything he would say or has said is going to get people upset. So I can understand them not inviting him. It's kind of sad in a way. Did but people get upset at that? I would think the PGA people are when he keeps on talking. Live, live, live. This is. I mean, this is not a live event. And, it's not a PGA event either. Well, but but he's almost pinning the live versus the PGA with some of his comments. Again, talking about the 17 other golfers going to be behind. That one of the things I thought of. I mean, the PGA guys aren't going to be lining up, you know, at the end. So I, I I think again some of his comments again have gotten people on the PGA part uh, side, you know, not exactly uh, in support of Greg Norman or liking what he's saying. Yeah, but it was it was way before his comments. I mean, it's, mm. it was it's gone from last year. Uh, some of the stuff he did. The only thing when you're watching, when you're watching this, um, even if you've, it's like my TV is really good. I figure it's 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 high def, and but when you like, I'm watching it on a Microsoft Surface right now, and I mean it's it's like I'm there. It's so clear, and um, but you still can't really see tell these greens by looking at them. Like you'll see a guy. I was just I was mentioning that um, the sand shot from Xander a little while ago, where it, it lands a couple of feet away, and then all of a sudden takes a, a a left turn and runs 18 feet. The same thing with these these you just can't tell these greens. You can't read the greens on TV. I guess is what I'm saying. So it makes it um, make it, it's a little frustrating sometimes because you think you know what the guy's going to do, and there goes the ball. I mean, these are really really tough tough greens. So it makes us part of what makes it such a great tournament. By the way, with Tiger, um, it was it was two bogeys when I made that comment. Now he's got three bogeys on the seventh hole. He's plus three right now. But it wasn't the. Well, you double said he bogey. had a double bogey. It wasn't a double. I wanted to correct oh. myself. It was two bogeys at the time, but now it's a third one as well. But people already know not to trust you with golf commentary. After. <laughs> not really commentary, just observation. We're going to stand behind you when you get the green jacket. Yeah, You're and, you, bit, and you watch if that happens, that <laughs> will happen. Mark my words. Oh, we will have a uh, Masters update coming up momentarily here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And uh, I didn't start my timer, so uh, give me a 10-second count there, Tanner. <laughs> Good morning. It's a... It's cloudy today with trade winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Sunrise coming up in four minutes. Good morning. As the sun rises here in Hawaii, you got the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. National Twinkie Day. <laughs> that gives you an excuse right there. I used to love the Twinkies until I read that's one of the worst things health-wise. Not that I'm very healthy, but it was one of the worst things you can consume. And I, I haven't had one since, although I kind of made up for it in my early years. But I haven't had a Twinkie in over 20, 30 years. You know what I did yesterday? You know what I did yesterday? I was at the mall. I had a Cinnabon. <laughs> That's got to be about as bad for you as a Twinkie. It's probably up there in the same category. Was it National Cinnabon Day? or No, I, did, I called my wife. I said, I've done something very terrible. I've done something. I'm not, not proud of myself. She said, what did, you, what did you buy? I said, 
I bought a Cinnabon. <laughs> it's too bad you didn't have it on Tuesday because then you wouldn't have had to say anything because it was National Tell-A-Lie Day. You could have you had a pass. <laughs> you got to remember that. Put it all together. Uh, you know, I, I the story's been ongoing with LSU and Iowa from the a women's championship basketball game the other day, and Angel Reese is in the center of it. Her friends call her Angela. Uh, we'll call her Angel Reese. But I, I'm really bothered by some of the aspects of this story. And, you know, the one thing, the first thing that I'm bothered by is that for the first two days after the championship game, all a lot of us were talking about was the gestures by Angel Reese and what she did to Caitlin Carter and Clark, Caitlin Clark, excuse me. And it was just all about that as opposed to the game. Remember, there was a basketball game. Now, it wasn't that close like Friday night for Iowa and South Carolina, but still, it took away from the game itself. It took away from the LSU championship. Now, in the last 24 to maybe 48 hours, we're hearing about Jill Biden, the president's wife, who was saying, you know, when asked about it, because she was at the championship game, that, you know, she would love to invite Iowa to the White House. We've heard that. So Angel Reese is not happy about that. She's not accepting Jill Biden's apology, saying that yeah. LSU would, quote, go to the Obamas. So she's almost making it a race deal, which I wish didn't have to be brought into this. Caitlin Clark handled it perfectly. And one thing about Angel Reese, uh, you're not the decision maker unless you're going to the White House or not. That's not your call. You shouldn't be speaking for LSU and the team on what the team may or may not do. Let Kim Mulkey do that. Let the athletic director decide that. And for her to make those comments, she's making it into more of a negative story. And it shouldn't be. Because, again, Caitlin Clark on SportsCenter a couple of days ago was really taking the high road. Doesn't blame her. Said it's not fair that Angel Reese was getting the criticism and all that. Really, you know, kind of putting it to rest. Making it a friendly rivalry or a friendly controversy if there is such a right, thing. Right. But what, what, you're, what, you, what you need to explain is that when um, Caitlin Clark also, when it came up to this, is is – that she continues, and I don't want to call it taking the high road. It's just being, a, you know, a, it's, I don't know. It, she just said, hey, look, you know what? We don't deserve to go to the White House. Number two doesn't go to the White House, and that's great, and and that's why people respect her. But no one goes, hey, you know what? That's really good. That was great because of what she said, and she's white. And here's Angel Reese and what she's saying because she's black. It's just, I don't know how this got into it. I mean, Jill Biden she didn't mean to upset you. She was caught up in the action at the game itself saying, hey, you know what? It was such a, basically it was so exciting. I wish we could both, both team, invite both teams to the White House. I didn't have a problem with that. Most people didn't have a problem with that except for Angel Reese. It's like It's almost like Angel Reese, okay, by now, just shut up. Just shut up. Right. You're not the spokesperson for LSU. Again, great player and all of that. I think as far as the high road for Caitlin Clark is that when she was asked specifically about Reese, was saying, I don't I don't blame her at all. I don't, you know, she was not blaming her and making it even more of a negative topic. She was saying, right. you know, trash talking she happens was, all She's moved on. Yeah, yeah. She's moved on. And, you know, and it's like, well, we'll her, her quote, I mean, you felt like they should have uh, should have came because of sportsmanship. She's talking about um, uh, Iowa. They can have that spotlight. We'll go to the Obamas. We'll see Michelle and we'll see Barack. You know what? I don't think you're going to see uh, Michelle Obama come out and go, yeah, sister, come on over. I'm sure Michelle Obama's got her hand buried in her face going, oh, my gosh, really? You're not you're not helping yourself out. And you know what? At the same time, take my name out your mouth, <laughs> yes. Angel Reese.
that to everything she's done about this has really just again made it too negative but to bring the obamas in and making it a racial topic or deal at least to a certain extent and i, I just think it's totally totally unnecessary and again i i, I mean i'm sure kim mulkey the coach is also maybe thinking just shut up too you know, I, I yeah. can do the talking whether we're going to go to the White House or not. Now, let's say they do go to the White House, and I'm assuming... Well, she are, Kim Mulkey already said, if I'm invited to the White House, we're going. So uh, now that's going to make it even more awkward. Whenever they go up there, if Angel Reese is there, of course, all eyes are going to be on her. The questions will come up again. It's just unfortunate and wrong to me that she's made it drag on like this, be like Caitlin Clark, and just go move ahead. You know, go on. I mean, there's no more negativity that needs to be added to this, and it's just too bad that she's gone this this far with it. Uh, but again, yeah, I mean, the way you're talking, you think that they 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 lost the national championship, yeah, because right. she's she's the big victim here. Everybody, Angel Reese is the victim. Look at this, <laughs> and these, you know, and we're sucked into it. This is clickbait for us. It's you know, everyone, every reporter is following her around or listening to whatever podcast she's on to get another soundbite of what she's going to say. And she loves it. She loves it. So that's why she's she loves the attention. That's why um, no matter what kind of attention it is, she loves the attention. And look at me. Look at poor old me. Uh, the, the, the president's wife wanted to invite both teams to the White House because it was a really exciting game. Poor me. Poor me. What a joke. I'm not. What a, what a bad country I live in. <laughs> Ask Brittany Griner about living in a bad country, Angel Reese. Man. The comment she made also, if we lost, we wouldn't have been invited. Again, you're just making it so <laughs> negative. Just, again, shut up. We agree with that for her. But You I, know I, what? I, I believe that Jill Biden would have said the same thing. She got caught up in the action. Hey, what a great game. This yeah. is so exciting. It was, and, and Jill Biden, what Jill Biden was doing was she was saying, look at how great this is for Title IX. Look at how great this is, not only for women's basketball, but look at how great this is for women's sports. We really, we really made a statement for women's sports. It's uh, moved ahead light years because of women's basketball this year and this game. Let's celebrate that. And Angel Reese goes, no, 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 no. You don't celebrate women's sports. You celebrate me because they said I was too ghetto. And I was to this and to that. It, it became a thing about her instead of about women's sports. And that's the biggest loser here because nobody's talking about women's sports. True. They're talking about Angel Reese. And for LSU, again, winning a championship, it's not really much conversation about them winning and how great that was. And, you know, the first championship ever for women's basketball, all, all the positive aspects of this. And uh, I'm hoping it'll go away, but it seems like she's not letting it go away yet. And I know they had, I think they had their parade yesterday, and maybe that's why her name was mentioned even more. But uh, yeah. Well, she was on a podcast, and she mentioned this. That's why this came out again. And I know she'll be in high demand, and maybe this will help her get more NIL money. I'm not sure. Maybe there'll be some people that say, hey, now she's popular. People are going to want to listen to whatever she says. Yeah. She can, you know, uh -huh. sign for my brand, and it'll be great. So more money for her. If, that's if great. You want that for your, if you want that for your brand. Then, then that's great. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, people probably talked this way about Muhammad Ali in 1967. Remember when you were in high school? Anyway, <laughs> but, but right? I mean, that's what—that's how people school, felt yeah, about yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you weren't in high school. 
but the uh, but that's the way people talked in, uh, when Muhammad Ali came out with the whole "I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest." But he so, backed it up. You know, he really backed it up. <laughs> just, yeah. And Angel Reese, great champion and everything, but you're not, you haven't totally backed. No, you're not a goat. Not yet. a great champion. Well, she's, she's an embarrassing champion. champion. Yeah, yeah uh, good. I, I I agree. She's not the Muhammad Ali of her sport at all. And uh, yeah, just say some more positive things because it is great, like you said, for women's sport, Title Nine, and for LSU. And nobody was talking about really any of that over the last three, four days. And that's what I think is wrong. And just the more I read about her comments, okay, we're going to go to the Obamas. <laughs> I don't know if Obama's going to, you know, be, he's not living in the White House, first of all. So he's got to set up a party for 20 people or, you know, right. I, I don't well, think he I'm wants not... to get involved in this. Like you said, Michelle's not going to be celebrating it the way she's talking about it. Right. I mean, it's. I don't think Obama's going, yeah, they mentioned my name. And yeah, I'm, I'm totally behind this. Now, I don't know. Maybe he looks at it a little differently. But um, remember, Obama is also white. Okay, yeah. Tiger Woods is also Thai. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to get into the whole race thing. It's just it's it's it's, it's a no win situation. But I just wish that we were talking about uh, women's sports and how great women's sports was. What was intended by the first lady before it got uh, railroaded by somebody now bringing up. You know, making it obviously a racial deal here. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's six thirty one with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu on National Twinkie Day. Once again, it's gonna be cloudy today. A little breezy in the midday. Trades ten to twenty miles per hour, high of eighty three, and uh, we'll be back with more on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, let's check out our scoreboard. Kamehameha Boys Volleyball takes them five to beat Punahou. They win three to two. Kamehameha now seven and one. Uh, Kainoa Wade, he must have uh, he must have only played like in, in two games because he only had thirty only had thirty kills. An off night. <laughs> An off night for the poor kid. <laughs> Man, so uh, I believe uh, what Tanner was saying during the break is Kamehameha. Uh, they clinched the ILH championship, uh, or ILH, uh, so good job. Imua ka meha meha. And uh, looking at some other scores uh, from uh, yesterday, and let's see, yesterday was uh, Wednesday, of course. And we have got, uh, let's see here, Kalani beat Kaimuki 3-1, to Iolani over Midpack 3-1, to Le Jardin beat Marinol 3-1, to uh, UH Lab beat HBA uh, three to nothing. Kahuku swept McKinley. Roosevelt swept Farrington. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Kala Hill over Kailua in five. Wow, that must have been a good match, too. So, anyway, congratulations to the winners and uh, congratulations to everybody participating in the high school sports. Yeah, I, I think Kainoa Wade's going to be almost like must-watch, must-listen-to athlete when the volleyball playoffs start because he has been unbelievable. When I first saw that, the headline, I thought at first I had the wrong paper. I just saw Wade with the kills, and I realized, wait, 30? He had 46. But that was the other day. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised with the numbers he is putting out, but really incredible. And, uh, again, playoffs right around the corner, and uh, that should be pretty intense as well. And uh, I didn't realize this until Tanner had just let us know this as well. We know about Kamehameha and some of the other schools, but Moana Lua got ranked sixth, uh, the sixth in the country. 
Uh, ten. I didn't. Wow, that's incredible. Are, the, the, are they the highest ranked Hawaii team though? Okay, they are. Yeah. Wow, that is. So that's the USA Today Sports, but sixth in the country. Yeah, very good. Uh, all right, it's uh, Christian Academy. Go Patriots! Sweeping the uh, uh, assets, Admirals. Patriots over the Admirals, three to nothing. You're pretty impressed with my uh, knowledge of the mascots, aren't you? you um, I'm usually more impressed with your knowledge of numbers for yeah. jersey numbers and the history and the player who wore that. That's what yeah. I'm usually impressed with a lot. All right, 808-296-1420 is our number to uh, uh, check in here. we got a very angry text uh, uh, calling us racists. Well, racist and then naughty, naughty words. I don't know. You can't win, and I, I knew that. You can't win. Uh, got a couple of texts. <laughs> the NCAA women's final wasn't exciting. Here it says it was over at halftime. As for Angel, and then they have a SMH um, shaking their head uh, deal. Yeah, the game wasn't, but what Jill Biden was saying was that, hey, this was really exciting. I mean, coming down to it, uh, you know, Caitlin Clark against, uh, you know, the mighty LSU and Kim Mulkey, one of the greatest coaches of all time. It really was great for women's sports. But in this in this situation, you, if, if, if somebody starts playing the, the black versus white or white versus black or brown versus yellow or whatever, it's a no-win situation to even comment on it. I, I get that. It doesn't make someone a racist because – you feel that what her comments are doing are taking away from women's sports. How about people saying, hey, good job on supporting women's athletics? Nope, they're not going to hear it. All they hear is black versus white. And if you don't have the correct opinion on that, then, you know, so sorry. Uh, it's You, you can't, you, you just can't win. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I hopefully didn't want to sound like, that we were talking about a black versus white thing. We were or saying a white it shouldn't be. Versus black, right. That's what we're saying is it shouldn't be. But by saying it shouldn't be, you're a racist. You see what I'm saying? I know what you're by saying. By saying but... this race shouldn't factor into this, you're saying if you're on one side of the coin, you say, oh, yes, it does. And if you say it doesn't factor into it, you don't get it. So I guess I don't get it. And again, I don't. You know what? Born and raised in Hawaii all my life. We think differently than a lot of people do on the mainland. So, um, you know, sorry, that's, that's, that's just how it is. And I know there's a lot of people from the mainland that think that way as well. But you know what? We, never, we don't look at color or whatever because we've grown up around brown people and black people and yellow people and purple people and orange people, and they've been around us all our lives. So we, when, when I see this stuff... Going, oh, we're going to go to the Obamas. It's like, I'm like, oh gosh, what? Sorry, but I, I can't relate. That's all. I can't relate being from Hawaii to that to this kind of talk. That's all. My, my thought or viewpoint is that it, it shouldn't be about race. Yes, that's what we were saying. But also, when this started on Sunday in the championship game, and Angel Reese made those gestures, that had nothing to do with race or black versus white or white versus black. It was a basketball trash-talking deal. You know, Caitlin Clark was the star, and they just beat her. I don't think Angel Reese was doing any of that because of black versus white. 
Uh, so that's, again, the fact that it took off on that part eventually, uh, well, again, she, with the comment that yeah. you mentioned, we're going to the Obamas, that's what made it about race. And all words, uh, at least I don't know you're agreeing, I believe, as well, is that, again, it shouldn't have been about that. Right. It didn't need to be. So that's where we're going. I guess I, some people would rather us just to come out and say, you, you should go to the Obamas. Yeah. How dare Jill Biden say that? What a joke she is. Don't even go to the White House. You should have no respect for the for the office itself. Go to the Obama's house. <laughs> That's okay. And then they'll say, "Yeah, way to go, way to go, guys. You get it." Let's move on. Gosh, it's been a uh, it's a cloud of negativity here. It's game night for Rainbow Baseball, and uh, we are taking on Cal State Bakersfield. Now they're struggling a little bit uh, in Big West play. Hawaii's still got a lot of Big West games to go. When we played Tulane, everyone else was playing Big West games. That was the bye week. Yeah, so you'll see uh, uh, Cal State Bakersfield is one and eight in Big West play. Hawaii's three and three. My gosh, it could have been so. It could have been so easily, uh, it, like five and one. Really, two walk offs last week for the Woods. Right, I know. Team. Well, yeah, but I mean, it could have been. We could have been five and one, or. Uh, we could have been uh, we could have been two and four as well. I mean, it could have it could have been uh, either way. I mean, those two those two games at least were really really close. But again, you lose. I mean, again, give credit to Fullerton. But when you're losing a walk off twice, I mean, yeah. you know, that's when you say I think it could have gone the other way pretty easily. But they still mm-hmm. have a lot of time left, and everybody will have that bye week. Some will play games, I imagine, like Hawaii and Tulane. So there's still a lot of games left. But you have to take advantage of the opportunity at home against a team that is not exactly winning. I, I, I mean, again, you want to win every game, of course, but. Going two and one this week might not be not that it wouldn't be enough, but it might not be satisfying enough when you're playing a team that's struggling at and you're at home that you should maybe sweep this team. So hopefully they'll get the sweep and make it a lot easier on everybody. All right, uh, looking like we're uh, uh, Jared Quant continues to just be on fire. The guy's batting three seventy five. Matt Wong is batting three thirty three. Ben Ziegler Namoa is batting three forty seven. Kyson Donahue, 364. I'm surprised looking at uh, Jordan Donahue's uh, batting average is only 229. But, man, the, on the road, I, I think he batted 500 uh, on the road. A good player, definitely. And Kyson Donahue got six home runs. He yeah. had a game-tying home run, I believe, was it the eighth or ninth inning uh, over the weekend against Fullerton. Unfortunately, Hawaii lost in the walk-off. But he's having a fantastic season. I mean, those four guys averaging over batting average over 300, as you mentioned, but with the power of Donahue. And I remember uh, both Scott Robbs, Harrison Crota, even Josh, of course, uh, who'll be with us tomorrow morning, saying that this guy has got and I'm paraphrasing, but superstar written all over him. He's not just not just a good player. He's an incredible player, and his numbers are showing that early on. Uh, Jacob Igawa and uh, Dallas Duarte are batting in the 280s, and even that's, that's you know, and, I mean, batting 283 on the Major League Baseball level is good. I mean, it's yeah. Oh, yeah. still pretty good in college baseball. So the bats are the bats are going fine. It's yeah. just sometimes we don't know what we're going to get when we throw our pitchers out there still. 
Yeah, you look at the runs that Fullerton was able to put up last weekend, and yeah, the pitching has struggled a little bit. There's still talent there, uh, so hopefully that'll continue. And again, you got to get these wins this week, and hopefully they will be a contention. I mean, the Big West—I mean, for the Big West Championship, it's a good conference and a lot of talent there. I'm not sure how many teams will get in the tournament, but last year Hawaii had a chance. They were in the running, and they were right around second place or a game out of second going into the last week or two of the regular season. So they had a really good year last year, first winning season in conference play since they joined the Big West, and hopefully we'll make it two in a row, and hopefully, again, compete for that conference championship. And remember, there's a tournament coming soon now. But it's not this, is it no. this year? It's next year. Yeah, next year. So, Okay. Um, so if the baseball team, does this work like a basketball? If the baseball team is at home, then the softball team would be on the road? I don't think it works quite that way, like for basketball, because oh. they share the same arena, where for softball and baseball, uh, they, there have been games when they've had both going on, at the days when they've had both going on at the same time in conference. Mm. All right. Well, the, the Wahine, though, are on the road. They're going to be at Cal Poly uh, tomorrow and a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, it will be on ESPN+. Plus, So you can watch the uh, if you're a softball fan. Uh, who knows? Maybe Brianna Lopez gets another no hitter. <laughs> yeah, right. Talk about being on fire, huh? It, yeah, it's uh, six forty six. We'll check your traffic here on National Twinkie Day. Not only that, National Burrito Day. <laughs> burrito Twinkie. Yeah, how about that? A little burrito for dinner, some <laughs> Twinkie for dessert. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, you can join uh, join us here from ESPN Honolulu and our pals at uh, KHON2 for a UFC watch party at Dave & Buster's Saturday, April 15th at 2.30. You can uh, check out Max Holloway scrapping uh, Arnold Allen, other great fights too, on Dave & Buster's 40-foot wow wall. That's what they call it, the wow wall. That sounds April pretty 15th. cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool right there. Have you seen it? Have you seen it at Dave and Buster's? I, I not that one. I've I've seen it in recent uh, recent years. I know how big the screens were there. I'm not sure if this is the same. But I never heard no, that no, name no. before. This is, no, no, this is something they just had a couple of years ago. It's 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 the whole wall. That's what you want. That's what you want in a sports bar. I mean, you want TVs yeah. that big. You can't get can't get big enough. Uh, so the NFL draft now we're getting closer and closer. Three weeks from today is the first round. I saw something though last night that I thought was pretty interesting as far as edge rushers that are still available free agents in the NFL uh, in the NFL right now, and some of them are pretty big names. Frank Clark still available as a free agent. Mm -hmm. Melvin Ingram, Jadavian Clowney. Oh, Mel Melvin Ingram's forty. Well, <laughs> I, I, see, some of the, like some of these guys look like they're past their prime. But Frank Clark, I don't think I would give that to. Maybe the price tag is really high, and that's why teams are waiting. But I think he'd be a great. I mean, who wouldn't want him right now? Uh, I think Kansas City let him go because of the salary cap uh, concerns. But mm -hmm. Melvin Ingram, Jadavian Clowney, Robert Quinn, Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd, Shaq Lawson. Justin Houston, who again is probably past his prime, but used to be great. Uh, J.P. Pereira, Jason Paul Pierre, J.P.P. is available, and uh, <laughs> Jason uh, Pierre Paul. Jason, oh, Pierre Paul, sorry, that early still. And uh, um, uh, Nagawi. I'm, I'm, huh? I know I'm mispronouncing his last name. And Gogway. I would have had it right. Why, do you, why do you even try? Because. Because, but all, anyway, all those guys are free agents still available. Some pretty big names there. 
and especially with Frank Clark. I would think he'd be the best of that bunch. But the, uh, and, and again, I know a lot of it has to do with salary cap. A lot of those guys are really a little bit older now. I don't think Shaq Lawson, I don't know how he's done in recent years, but I don't think he's that old. Some of the other guys are. But I would think they'd be picked up rather soon. I think, again, if you're going to make a free agent move, you're probably going to do it before the draft so you know if you need the draft at that position. If there's somebody you're really keying on and you have the cap space. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just uh, following along. I, I'm just uh, following along here, but yeah. Well, there's a lot of guys who you think. I mean, this is this is uh, you know that time of year. But I don't know the situation with Frank Clark. I don't have any stats. I don't know. I, I don't know how to respond. I don't know enough about some of these guys. Now, Mel, even Melvin Ingram, though, even at, he's probably what 35 or 36, something like that. But even though uh, he's an older guy, he can he can really contribute to a team, and he's done well. But um, yeah, I don't know that I don't know the situation with uh, everybody's caps and why these guys are not signed or anything like that. I wonder how they feel about it because I mean, again, some of these guys are a little bit older. Oh, they're happy. They're like, hey, I'm glad I'm unsigned. <laughs> well, no, you really you think so? Because again, as you get closer <laughs> I'm to joking. the draft. You said, I wonder how they feel being unemployed. Okay, but as it gets closer to the first round, again, three weeks away, again, there could be a team that would love to have Frank Clark, maybe his agent, and he had been talking to a team or two or more, and then Mm -hmm. they don't get him signed, and then they go draft somebody at that position, whether it's the first round or whatever, and then you're kind of left hanging. And I I would imagine most of these players, again, uh, how they feel, of course, is not good being a free agent, but they probably thought they'd be signed by now. Some of them. You know, again, like Jadavian Clowney has been around for a while, and it seemed like he was always, well, he was with Cleveland, I think, most recently. But was it, didn't Robert Quinn get traded from the Bears to, was it the Ravens last year? The Eagles? Eagles. The Eagles, okay. So, and he, and they lost a couple of guys in free agent, but they had salary cap concerns. Again, some of these teams, you know, you have a lot of success that we see it all the time, and then you can't afford to keep everybody. That's what the Eagles were up against and still are this offseason. Uh, but some of those names, again, Leonard Floyd, probably the best years are behind him. But some of those guys are pretty significant. And I, I think there's still going to be not really a domino effect, but there's going to be a few guys signing, of course, big names like Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback situation. Lamar Jackson, what's going to happen with him ongoing as well? You you would think, I mean, Baltimore came out yesterday and said the right thing. Hey, we still could draft the quarterback in the first round. It's the right thing to say whether they're thinking that or not. Mm-hmm. Just let Lamar Jackson know, hey, if right. you move soon, we got other options. Yeah, and this and this is I was gonna bring thing that up when I saw that last night was that this okay get ready for the the the, the whole season the BS season because we're three weeks away less than three weeks away I believe now uh, from the NFL draft and that's where we're gonna see a lot of this kind of stuff come out you know the 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 uh, the, um, the the Jets I could see them coming out and going hey you know if we have to play. With uh, Zach Wilson, we will. We'll make it work. Or, hey, at number 13, we're always going to be looking for a quarterback. You know, doing something to kind of speed the Green Bay Packers along. Exactly. Or or, or it's like, hey, we really want that guy. We don't think we're going to get him. Do you have any kind of incriminating photos of him that we can uh, stick out there? It's crazy. This is where you're going to see stuff. 
and you can't believe half of the things that you read coming out of the NFL right now. And that's what makes it more, that's what makes it entertaining, actually. It does because you think you want somebody so badly or so much, and then you're spreading all these vicious, mean, uh, sometimes <laughs> just totally false rumors. So you right. get a guy, it's not just drafting a guy of your choice with all the background. The NFL draft to me is unlike any other draft. I mean, from what I get, the sense of it is just that the background checks and all that stuff is a lot more extensive in football than probably other sports. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's go on over to checking out the Masters. Victor Hovland, he is on fire lately. Uh, he leads the pack at uh, five under. John Rahm is on a roll now, too, after a shaky start. He is uh, second at three under. Uh, you've got, um, uh, let's see, a guy really making a charge. He's just teed off a little while ago. From the Live Tour, tied for third, Brooks Kepka, Two under after three holes. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. morning happy national twinkie day it's the sports animals here on espn honolulu uh the masters is underway and uh that's one of our uh, top thing uh, three things to follow victor hovland leads the pack at five under mark rolfing's going to join us in 30 minutes from the golf channel yeah, I just want to get his thoughts on everything involving the Masters. And when you give the scores on the, on the first day, I mean, it's going to be exciting, and it's so early. Uh, I wonder how often a player has led after the first round and gone on to win it. Because there have been they call that a wire-to-wire, a wire, uh, yes. wire-to-wire win. I don't wonder, I wonder how, how often that's happened at the Masters. Uh, I'm, I know it has happened at that time, but you know it's definitely not over uh, on the first day. But it's going to be exciting. But I, I'm just still hoping well, for Tiger. you know what? You can lose a tournament on the first. You can't win a tournament on the first day, but you can certainly lose it. I like that. Not that I like that happening, but I love that comment because I guess it's so true. Well, it's just it's such a cliche, but it is true, right? But I, I don't have a better sense when everybody is out on the course. I mean, it's still very early. Not everybody has gotten underway yet. But I think, again, the Tiger Woods watch is going to be there. And I know that the interest in the Masters will always be there. It's the Masters. But if Tiger, is, if Tiger makes the cut, I guess it's the first thing. And if somehow he's in contention on Sunday, that's the next deal. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. So hopefully he will be. And I, what, what was the last tournament that was at the, P, the U.S. Open where he withdrew, like, in the first round last I, I year? Could, I couldn't tell you and off it was the top one of, the of majors, my head. I thought, last year. Yeah. And we move on here. Another thing you need to know is it's game day for Rainbow Baseball. Yeah, they are back home. CSU Bakersfield is the opponent. They come in with a one and eight record. Uh, Hawaii three and three in conference play, playing probably the best team or one of the top teams last week. And this week you're playing not quite the same opponent, but it's a good time to get three wins. Hopefully, uh, it's getting hot and heavy for some in the NBA. The Lakers could have made a big move towards the what we'll call regular playoffs yesterday by beating the Clippers. Uh, however. I mean, they kept it close at the end. They were down by 24, but the Lakers end up losing, and LeBron says, oh, that back-to-back killed us. I mean, I hate picking on him. I'm sure it doesn't matter to him at all. I'm not really fond of criticizing him, but what kind of a comment is that? You're the GOAT. 
to many. Yeah, but and you're making also, excuses like that back to uh, back. Oh, how I don't tough. Think, I didn't take it as an excuse. I took it as LeBron James just saying, hey, you know what? We're, you know, he's still not 100%. We'll see how his foot uh, deals with this. But some people criticize the Lakers saying, hey, maybe you just rest your starters for that game and go all out and win the last two. Ooh, and you- now you go out there in a tough game, you're playing your starters, and you still need to, you need to win two, and the Golden State Warriors need to go one and one to get into the quote-unquote regular playoffs. Uh, some people thought that might have been the way to go. I like um, what's the coach's name? Daryl Ham. Uh, yeah, uh, no, Dar- uh, the Darnell Ham, I believe. Anyway, Darvin Ham. Sorry, Darvin Ham. I like him. I like a guy that says, "No, you know what? We're going to go out there and play to win." Because they were they were tied. Remember, they were tied as far as wins wins and losses. Yeah, with the Clippers. So if they win that game, it's like almost winning two games. Yeah, uh, for them. So that's why I think he went out to try and. Uh, uh, win the the whole thing. By the way, I think it, I saw something on ESPN that says the the Clippers have beaten the Lakers like sixteen times 11. in a row or something. I think it's eleven now. Whatever it is, it's yeah. a lot. It is a lot, but you you have to win that game because if you're in the uh, seventh and eighth spot, you make the play in tournament, but you're in a much better situation than nine and ten. Seven and eight, you win that game, you're in the playoffs. You lose that game, you get another opportunity. If you're nine or ten, you right. don't have that same opportunity. So you needed to win that game yesterday. You could under no circumstance could they lay an egg and say, "Well, we'll just save them for whoever." No way you can do that in this situation. But at the same time, you've got. A, uh, LeBron James, you've got an injury-prone Anthony uh, Davis, although he's playing really, really well lately, but you, LeBron's not 100%. You don't want to play that extra game. <laughs> you want to, You don't want to have to you know, play two games to get into the playoffs. But that's why you need those guys yesterday and this weekend, because yeah. if you lose them, you, you, you didn't clinch any of those spots yet. If you go on, if the Lakers go on to lose the next two games, they could find themselves, uh, I guess, well, Dallas could not catch them. So actually they have clinched one of those spots. It's just a matter of what spot 7 through 10 they're going to be in. They will be in the postseason. Oh, okay. Um, Dallas, the best Dallas can do is 40 and 42. The Lakers already have 41 wins. So even if the Lakers lose two and Dallas, who's on the outside, wins two, Dallas could get in, but not at the expense of the Lakers. You know, it it seems to me like the Dallas Mavericks should be a destination for free agents. I mean, it, it should be a place where a lot of people want to go. Now, Kyrie went there this year. He's probably not going to be back. Uh, Mark Cuban came out last night uh, when interviewed and asked about Jalen Brunson because they were going to give Jalen Brunson like a four years, $56 million when the Knicks gave him like four years and a hundred something million. 104, I think, yeah. And and so he said that, uh, yeah, we never got a chance to negotiate. Well, you, this, okay, you said you were about to give him a $50 million deal. Someone else is giving him a $100 million deal. To me, you negotiated already. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, the parents got involved and we never got a chance to, you know, counter. And it was like, I would be, I would be, you know what? I would not be upset. But I would be like, really? Someone's offering me twice of what you're offering. And I can go over to the Knicks and play basketball. Here, I'm gonna I'm I'm allowed to shoot when Luca's not dribbling the ball or handling the ball or, you know, taking all the shots himself. That was the best move for Jalen Brunson. You get twice the money and you get to develop on an up and coming team. Not develop, but you get to play on an up and coming team and be the your own star. Exactly. And in dad. Madison Square Garden. 
and your dad's the assistant. Because Mark Cuban, I guess maybe he thought he was on Shark Tank and he had complete control of everything. But that was a dumb comment, I thought. Yeah. Uh, he was His dad is the assistant coach? Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that's, that's what he, Mark Cuban's talking about, the parents getting involved. The oh. Knicks hired his father as an assistant, Rick Brunson. <laughs> oh, right on. That's kind of cool. Well, it is. Rick Brunson had uh, he backstory on Rick Brunson. He was a really good player in college, pretty decent in the NBA. But at one point, the story came out that he got, I think, he went through the Deshaun Watson type of situation, not with as many girls, uh-huh. but he got a massage, and he said his name was Patrick Ewing. <laughs> it's not funny, but it was just, and he got busted. So he got in a little bit of trouble for that years ago. Uh, but still, I mean, a good uh, basketball mind. But I think he got one people, of those massages, like if you go to Century Center or something, and uh, he, <laughs> something like that, I guess. But that, he he, uh, he used a fake name. So in the sign-in thing, he wrote Patrick Ewing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be pretty upset if I was, you know what? If I was either Patrick Ewing or Mrs. Ewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I know, but uh, <laughs> that's what Mark Cuban meant anyway. With uh, Brunson going with the, you know, the parents getting involved like that, but. Come on, like you said, twice the money. You didn't really counter-offer from what we heard. Uh, they did make an offer, so they did have a chance to negotiate. They never went back with that. I don't think they could have afforded that. But they, they are a team. They, that, that's, real, that's really bad for them if they don't make it in and they don't have the tiebreaker over OKC. So that's one of the reasons they have the same record as the number 10 team, Oklahoma City, but they lose the tiebreaker. But there's only two games left. And right. you don't have a lot of time to make that up. Uh, and you better you better win. You probably need to win both of those games uh, if you are Dallas. And they don't play. To, they play Chicago at home tomorrow. Uh, that's a game they need to win. Chicago's in the play-in right now. For Oklahoma City, uh, they do not play. They play today at Utah. So that's their next game. And it's a road game. But if Oklahoma City wins, their magic number is one. Dallas is, I mean, how can you not make the playoffs after? You went to the Western Conference Finals. You lose Jalen Brunson. Okay. He, he was really good last year. Yes, he was. But you got Kyrie Irving right now. And the team didn't get better. And for Mark Cuban to say he's not a superstar yet, well, I don't know if that's setting it up for free agent negotiations or anything. but Who's not a superstar yet? Kyrie Irving. He kind of put him down a little bit. And oh, he is a superstar. He is. I mean, he took over that game last night in the fourth. I forget how many points he had in that third and fourth quarter. I believe he had 25 second-half points last night, something like right. that. So for him to say that, it's kind of like, you, you, you got Luka. Okay, he's not great on defense. You should not have to worry about being 500 or not making the playoffs. And when they got right. Kyrie, oh, they're one of the favorites to win the West now. Then Phoenix as well. Could be Dallas and Phoenix at the end. And when what did, happened? When did you get Kyrie Irving? Right before Kyrie, the trade deadline, early or mid-February, around the 10th or 12th of February. So you got him a couple of months ago in the middle of the season. He comes over, and I don't know if you remember those first couple of games when they were playing. It was so awkward, like, okay, uh, am I supposed to pass you the ball, or do I shoot myself? Uh, I don't want to make like I'm, uh, you know, they're passing it back and forth at the end of a game. Nobody's taking a shot between Luka and Kyrie. And it's time expires, they lose the game. I mean, I think it, it, it takes a little bit of chemistry. Unfortunately, Kyrie Irving doesn't stick around long enough on teams to build chemistry. But um, maybe Mark Cuban's saying that he's not a superstar because when you lose him, you go, ah, that's okay, we didn't need him. Yeah, well, the thing about uh, how how poorly they have played, if you want to look at it that way, and I agree with you, and the chemistry part, totally agree, is that you don't have practice time in the middle of the season. You're not right. practicing to develop that chemistry, to get in sync. And you maybe practice once or twice a week, if that, if that. 
and it's not like the preseason, so it's hard to get a team. And I mentioned that when the Nets made all those trades. You know, it's one thing to lose those superstars, but you got Mikel Bridges, who's really good, but you don't have time to really develop a lot as a team. And that's really, really important, and it shows with a lot of these teams, mainly Dallas right now. And that yeah. would be – I don't know if Jason Kidd would get fired. I don't know how Mark Cuban's viewing him. But to not make the play – and they can't finish 500. The Dallas Mavericks, the best they can finish is 40 and 42. Now, yeah. I think they got a little bit of luck when Phoenix last year in the playoffs. Phoenix had a few guys with COVID, and they lost. But still, Phoenix should never have gone to seven games against Dallas last year. But yeah. you're that good last year, and you lose Brunson, yes. He's not that important where Kyrie Irving for 30 games couldn't make up that difference. But you're nowhere near the same team. And, you know, Luka Doncic, who was an MVP favorite going into the season, one of the favorites, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think anybody has to worry about that anymore. Not for this year. He is not going to be in the top five or ten at all he's still really good he's great but he's not an mvp this season not at all all right the uh um uh, look at the brooklyn nets they're in the playoffs how did that happen? Because they had a big, they, had a, they won like 18 Because they got rid of KD, no, James Harden. No, sure no, 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 no. They, had they won- got rid of them and they're able to play as a team. Really? You should watch some of their games then. Why would I? Because then you could say how they don't play together as a team. They got oh. some talent there. <laughs> they, they, they had the great record, very good record, when KD and Kyrie got traded. Again, they went on an 18-2 and two stretch. In like December and January, uh, I forget the exact dates, but they were doing pretty good. They're barely in the playoffs, and they've had some decent wins. But they beat Detroit the other night. I mean, who doesn't beat Detroit? You show up, you show up, and you beat Detroit. <laughs> but they watch them. So right now they're playing Philadelphia. It's already set. They're playing Philadelphia in the first round. I, actually, unless they fall into the play-in tournament, and there's a possibility they do. But right now the Nets and Philly in the first round. Uh, I'm saying Philly in four or five. Mm. James Harden will have a good time. Then, then all of a sudden he'll be healthy, and uh, I can see that I can see the story playing out. He'll destroy the Nets like Embiid will as well. But that's who the Nets got, so they'll be done rather soon. Man, you know, if if this you could somehow reseed and get rid of the conferences, I would love to see this final four of the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Denver Nuggets, right there. Yes, I, and I love that too. But what about a Denver, and what about a Golden State who doesn't have that record but has Curry and Clay? Nah, and, no? I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with just watching these uh, watching these four play. I'm okay with the, the, the just the East, just the Bucks and the Celtics in that battle. And then you throw Joel Embiid and the Seventy Sixers and and their guys. I mean, it's pretty. It's been pretty awesome. Uh, uh, Denver's good, sure, but they're good for the West. You know what I'm saying? They're no, they're yeah, they're no. um, um, That's something nobody has said in a number of years. That making it sound like the West is not the strongest conference. But you're right. This year, I don't think they are quite the East. No, because the Sacramento Kings. Hey, it's a great story. But hey, when the Sacramento Kings uh, are 48 and 32, well, there you go. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, we'll get you updated on the uh, Masters. And uh, also, uh, we'll get you updated on uh, the Masters actually right now. Let's check it out. We've got to volleyball tickets to give away. 
What night is this for? Friday night? It's for Friday night. Yes, we have four tickets to give out today. Total. All right. So we, uh, we're told, okay, let's give away two tickets. After we talk to Mark Rolfing, I know golf and volleyball doesn't really mix, but uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, Mark Rolfing is going to join us in, oh, about oh, less than 15 minutes. After we talk to Mark, we'll give away a pair of tickets to uh, Hawaii Volleyball. Uh, they are uh, going to be at the Stan Sheriff Center coming up Friday and Saturday. Uh, against UC Irvine, number five in the country, UC Irvine. This is a big one. I mean, we only got two more matches, uh, you know, two more opponents left till the Big West Tournament. So uh, if you want to go to the game, let's pack the stand. You got all those uh, great uh, promotions happening as well, remember? Oh, yeah, Saturday night, uh, a Magnum PI night. Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, they got great stuff going on. And how often, well, when's the last time we had to say that the Hawaii men's basketball volleyball team is playing an opponent ahead of them in the standings? Because Irvine is 6 0 in the Big West, Hawaii at 5 1. When's the last time that's happened? It's been a while. So we definitely need to beat them, as you said. Yeah, so that's going to be the tough one. I think we can handle San Diego. But um, the we've got uh, so that game's Friday and Saturday. So we'll have those tickets to give away coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, we got something new happening, uh, and you can join uh, Cole Mossoff for athletes. That's spelled with a capital E A T S. <laughs> it's on our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, the first episode is coming up. It features uh, state basketball champs Pupu Sepulona. Uh, and Shanson Revuelto of St. Louis. And they'll be having some cow-cow from Pioneer Saloon. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where people like banking. Just wanted to get that word out. Keep an eye out for that. It's coming up soon. I do have uh, an update, and we'll continue to do this for the next 155 baseball games of the local <laughs> players uh, in the major oh. leagues. What, what do we got? Not a lot from yesterday. Not a lot of good stuff, but that is an update, so I will give it to you. Now, Josh Rojas, Arizona didn't play yesterday on Wednesday, which is weird. They got the Dodgers starting today, though. Uh, Colton Wong went 0 for 3 for the Seattle ah. Mariners. He is hitting 0-63 right now. Ooh, Isaiah Kiner falefa for the New York Yankees, 0 for 3 yesterday. He is hitting 0-0-0 unfortunately, and Kirby Yates for the Atlanta Braves did not pitch yesterday. So All hopefully right. better numbers uh, to give out the next 150 games, but starting tomorrow, hopefully better numbers that soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go back to the Masters. Victor Hovland, now he's tearing it up. Six under. He's a fire through 11. Victor Hovland is six under. Uh, tied for number two, John Rahm and Cameron Young. They're three under. Freddie Couples is two under. How's that? So far, so good. I just saw highlights of Jordan Spieth working on his putting as he's going to tee off at 8 a.m. this morning. Why are people – I've heard a lot on on our station the last couple days with the Masters shows and the updates and talking about Cameron Young and why he maybe – I don't know if you call him a sleeper pick or a favorite, but a lot of people are are mentioning him as one of the guys that could be in contention to win on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I heard Tom Hoagie as well. Tom Hoagie, I believe, won the par three contest. No one who's ever won the par three contest has gone on to win the Masters. Wow, that's gonna—they're well—that's gonna. Somebody's gonna break that curse one day. It might as well be Tom Hoagie, uh, who is tied for twelfth with one under. But here's some notable names: Hovland, as we mentioned, is at uh, six under. 
Um, John Rahm and Cameron Young, uh, like I say, they're minus three. Uh, Shane Lowry is with Freddie Couples, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, Cameron Smith, and Brooks Kepka, both from the Live Tour. They're all at two under. Patrick Reed from the Live Tour is one under. Uh, some notable names from the PGA, Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantley, uh, along with Sung J M. They are one under. Let's see here. Um, a bunch of Phil Mickelson is even through four holes. Wow, that's the best golf he's played in a while. He's- Jason Day, after two holes, is even. Uh, Jason Day has been playing uh, very, very well lately. From the Live Tour, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is plus two. Uh, guys who have not teed up. Tiger Woods, by the way. I guess you always have to mention Tiger. Tiger's plus three through 11. But uh, we are Kevin Na withdrawed. Withdrawed. <laughs> Kevin Na withdrew. Uh, he shot like four over. He was like four over after nine holes. He wasn't feeling well, so he had to withdraw. But uh, still yet to tee off. Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, the sensational Tom Kim, Sam Burns, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler. Max Homa, who's been hot. Colin Morikawa, one of my favorites. Will Zolatorius, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose. A lot of stars still yet to tee off in the Masters. Max Homa and Scotty Scheffler are getting underway in exactly 10 minutes from now. And Scheffler, the defending champion. Max Homa was, I think, he was way back in the pack last year. Just seeing some of the numbers earlier. But some big names oh, still no, haven't gotten underway Max yet. Max Homa's hot right now. He's He's hot. But uh, anyway, we'll keep you up to, da- uh, up to date here with this Masters coverage brought to you by BMW of Honolulu on ESPN Honolulu. And you have Mark Rolfing from the Golf Channel, I believe, uh, just got off the air with them a few minutes ago. He'll join us in less than 10 minutes to give us his perspective on this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so exciting to have this. And I, I'm, I know the TV ratings just must be outrageous for this, which it should be. It's just the cream of the crop. I'm glad the weather is okay. I didn't hear anything about bad weather coming this weekend. And you hate to have that be a factor in a tournament such as the Masters. But uh, hopefully well, it'll yeah, keep he, up with what we're seeing. The wind doesn't look like it's very windy out there at all. Yeah, um, you know what i I think the um, the I heard them talking about rain coming up this weekend. Well, I know there's rain on the East Coast um, as far down. I mean, like to Maryland, they're getting a lot of rain. Some baseball games were rained out today. They were they were rained out yesterday for today, and they were rained out a day in advance because of the threat. And they know how probable the rain's going to be. I'm not sure how far south it's going, so it's not a total surprise yeah. that it could rain. But looking at the conditions right. from what we can see now, everything looks pretty good. Well, yeah, then those, you can't tell. Uh, according to Yahoo Sports, it's uh, cloudy right now. Uh, possibility of a thunderstorm tomorrow. Uh, scattered thunder showers Friday, heavy rain and thunder Saturday, more steady rain and thunderstorms on Sunday. So the first thing we should really talk to Mark Rolfing about coming up in a few minutes is who does this benefit and who does this hurt? If Horse racing in the Kentucky Derby, if it's it's raining or something like that, there's some horses that run well in the mud. Some don't. Some hate it. There are some golfers who, you know, nobody plays great in adverse conditions, but there are some golfers who play better than others when it comes to uh, rainy weather. So that's got to benefit somebody. It's got to hurt some uh, other people. What does that do for Tiger Woods? 
I, I don't. I, I, these are great questions, and uh, um, so that's it, it, it's going to be interesting because before we talk about oh the advantage of teeing off in the morning then the next day in the afternoon or the disadvantage of teeing off in the afternoon the next day a quick turnaround in the morning, but this is it doesn't I you know I, I'm because of these rainy situations I think everybody's going to might be dealing with and we'll see what happens just a weather forecast. But with just these uh, rainy situations, uh, it really, everybody's going to be, it puts everybody on a level playing field at least, doesn't it? If nothing else, yeah, and just for the record, I don't like running in the mud either. Uh, so I saw a list and we. Well, you don't like running. I don't, not anymore. Not, I barely like walking. I'm not really fond of that M- mud, either. Mud is okay. But <laughs> Driving yeah. is a little tiring as well, as a matter of fact. But at Augusta, the. the Basically the, getting from point A to point B is a pain in the butt. Steve Martin used to have a great. A line in his routine. First thing I like to do when I wake up in the morning is take a nap. <laughs> and I've, I've often felt the same way. What a perfect way to start the day. But at Augusta, one of the things they're also known for, the very, very reasonable prices for concessions. Concessions. Oh, yeah. And if you go to our Twitter page, at Sports Animals, I put a picture of Tiger eating a sandwich, and it talks right. about the amazing concession prices. For example, if you wanted an egg salad sandwich, $1.50. Right, Dollar, you couldn't even you couldn't even get a bite of that in many anywhere else in the United States. Uh, pork barbecue barbecue sandwich three dollars. A Masters Club sandwich three dollars. Chicken sandwich three dollars. Breakfast, if you want to brew a fr- Masters blend fresh brewed coffee two dollars. Chicken biscuit. You know, it's $2. amazing. It's, I, I, we get the idea. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Raymond No uh, sent me the list, and he was most excited about this part of it. Is this is the on course. This is the on-course food. So this is when you're walking around on the course, this is what's available. But easily, you know, for a club sandwich, they're charging $2.50. I mean, they could easily charge $15 at the Masters for this, yet they don't. It's like old-school golf course, old-school prices. I love it. That part I guess love. they figure, since you're paying $10,000 to watch, maybe we give you a little bit of a break on the thing. Now... They have something called a pimento cheese yeah. sandwich. I don't know what that is. It's a dollar fifty, by the way. You can't go wrong with a dollar fifty. Is it cheese with like some little pimento olive things in it or something? I think so. Yes, yes. That's basically what it is. I'm oh. almost hundred percent sure on that. I wonder what the parking is then. If the concessions are that reasonable, ticket prices aren't. But we understand why. What about parking? Is that somewhere in between? But yeah, those concessions well, you'll never it's find not that like anywhere they have else. A, I don't think they have a big parking lot next to the golf course. I'm sure people have to, like, shuttle to get there or something, I would think, right? Not sure, but, again, you're not going to go broke with those prices. That's probably the best price you'll get at any sporting event. Well, because for what you pay, you're already broke when you got there. Yeah, that's true, too. They don't want you to faint on the course. Mark Rolfing from the NBC Golf Channel uh, is brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. He joins us next year on ESPN Honolulu. ESPN Honolulu's Masters coverage brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. 
Chris Hart and Gary Dickman with you. Mark Rolfing joins us now. Of course, the uh, Hawaii Golf Hall of Fame and NBC Golf Channel analyst. He's just off the air, and he's joining us now. Aloha. Good morning. Good morning, Chris and Gary. How's it out in the islands this morning? I'm missing you all. It is It is cloudy, and we've got rain, much like, I guess, how it is over in Augusta. Yeah, it's not that way yet. It's actually pretty nice out right now, but it's on the way. going to come later this afternoon. And the first thing I wanted to ask you, Mark, was who does this benefit? And maybe you've answered this question a hundred times already. Who does it benefit? Who does it not benefit if we start to get a little bit of rain? Let's let's talk first about who it does not benefit, and that's Tiger Woods. Not only mm. is there going to be rain, uh, and he has trouble walking out here anyway, but when the grass gets wet and slippery, he's going to have to be extra careful. But the temperature is going to plunge all the way to 52 degrees on Saturday, and cold and rain is not a good combination for Tiger. Uh, who will it benefit? Um, I like the high ball hitters. I like a guy like Justin Thomas, who's also a great pitcher of the ball. Uh, but in particular, Scotty Scheffler has shown us over the last year that he can adapt to any situation. He's won tournaments on small courses, big ones, hard ones, soft ones. Uh, he really can adapt well. So I would think Scheffler might be the biggest beneficiary of a wet golf course. I don't mind that guy at all. Boy, what a positive what a positive thing for the game of golf uh, Scotty Scheffler's been. Uh, it, you know, to go yesterday uh, in the in the uh, it's so fitting that you have the and I'm stealing from the golf channel actually right now. But to, how fitting you have the defending champion, the last shot of the par 3 contest. He hits a hole in one as he heading into today. That was just absolutely perfect. You know, it's really it's really karma, and, and I think it's going to say a lot about what happens for him this week. If you think about it, last year, Scott Scheffler, the last thing he did before he went to the Par 3 contest was come on the set uh, with me and Nota here at Golf Channel. He actually came on our set Wednesday last year and, and still uh, says that that might have been part of his good luck charm. But he has just become, you know, obviously the number one player in the world. But, um, you know, the one thing about him is he hasn't changed one bit. He is just a really good, humble guy. Mm. Yeah, the, I'm looking here, and I, I'm looking at the leaderboard, and uh, he just finished a, a little while ago. Uh, at one under, five shots back, Fred Couples. How amazing is that? You know, Fred Couples is almost as old as me, and so I can <laughs> totally relate to, uh, to uh, his age. I cannot relate to what he did. It just shows you, though, there is no substitute for experience at Augusta National. That's why Tiger can still compete, even though he's not at his best physically, and that's why a guy like Fred Couples at the age of 62 can come out here because he remembers every single shot from every year. He knows where to put it. He knows where not to put it in. He's playing on instinct and experience. That's all. There's no way he can compete physically with these guys yeah i mean even bernard longer i mean it's six i don't know what is he 64 65 something like that but i mean he's two over which isn't you know which isn't uh that shameful we're talking with mark rolving uh from the nbc golf channel of course uh maui boy with the animals here on espn honolulu the, how okay so i've heard about and it and, and i've kind of forgotten already because that's just the kind of guy i am the, the, the changes they've done to the golf course, what are a couple of the big changes? Or is there just one big one? What, what, what have they changed? You know, the biggest change is at the 13th hole, 
which um, is really one of the great golf holes in the world, period, but it's probably the best par five. Uh, you know, it was a hole that was built back in the 1930s and uh, wasn't very long. Uh, they lengthened it uh, maybe 10 years ago a little bit, uh, but the golf ball is going so far right now that it turned that par five really into a par four. And, um, you know, Bobby Jones, who designed the hole, had always said he felt like it should be a momentous decision as to whether to take on that green in two shots uh-huh. and, you know, try to challenge the creek and everything else. And it just, it outgrew that because the ball was traveling so far. We, we had Jack Nicholas on the set with us this morning, which is always one of the real pleasures for me of, wow. of being here at Augusta, having Jack. We had him for half an hour, and he, of course, is in favor of rolling the ball back. He thinks it is going too far. He went out there. He hasn't played the hole, he said, but he's looked at it. He likes the changes. It's about 35 yards longer this year, uh, and you cannot hit the ball over the trees anymore, and you can't really turn it around the trees because uh, the hole's so long. So that that is a big change. It reminds me a little of what they did after Tiger shot um, those remarkable rounds in the late 90s when they called it tiger-proofing. I think everybody would have <laughs> really embraced those changes if they hadn't have called it tiger-proofing. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, Mark, I know you tweeted this out earlier, but it was mentioned that you think that uh, Rory McIlroy is your favorite, at least, to win this week at Augusta. Can you tell us why? Yeah, Rory loves wet conditions. If you take a look at his record over the years, he has always worked better in conditions that are softer. He can hit the ball a mile. He carries it a long way. hits it very high. Uh, and he seems to have trouble in firmer, faster conditions. All of his big victories uh, have been in those kind of conditions. And the lower the scoring, the better chance that Rory has. When the scores are hard, uh, are high and hard, uh, Rory doesn't seem to do as well in these majors. So uh, I just have a sense. Um, but given given the weather conditions and given how prepared he really is, he's the best driver I have ever seen, you guys. I, and I played with Nicholas and saw Nicholas and Greg Norman and, uh, you know, a lot of guys who I would consider great drivers. Rory's the best I've ever seen. Hey, all things being equal, if the weather isn't that much of a factor, what are the best expectations, for the most realistic expectations for Tiger Woods? Can he make the cut? Can he be competing for a title on Sunday? Um, yes and no. Yes, I think he can make the cut. No, I don't think he's going to be able to compete, unfortunately, just because uh, he, he is going to get worn out. Uh, again, this walk is so strenuous. That's what people don't see watching the Masters on TV. You can't at all see how big the elevation changes are. You look at the last couple of years for Tiger, he gets off to some pretty good starts, but he seems to be worn out um, by the physical strain and the pain that he has to go through, and he never is doing as well on the weekend. So I think there's a good chance he'll make the cut. He's going to have trouble competing. Any sleeper pick? You talked about Rory as your favorite. Is there anybody we should keep our eyes on this weekend? You know, I don't know if you could call Xander Shoffley a sleeper, but um, I, I kind of like Shoffley's chances a lot. He's played well here over the years, but has never putted very well. Um, I think he's going along at one under out there right now. I don't know. I have a hunch about Tony Finau. I kind of like Finau. Um, he's on one of his good putting streaks. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, so much of it is going to depend on where you catch this bad weather in your round. You know, if, if – uh, if you have to play, let's say, 27 holes 
on a, on a particular day because let, your round has been stopped the day before, you're going to be at a big disadvantage. So a lot of this is going to be a little bit of luck of the draw with the weather. Ah, oh, you know what? I just did, and uh, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot. I just saw that Will Zolatorius has withdrawn. Have you seen that yet? I saw that. Um, really too bad. He's got a great major championship record. Um, he, he's been on the verge of winning majors, including the U.S. Open last year. Don't know exactly what it is, but we do know he was out for most of the end of last year with a back injury. I just hope oh. he hasn't reactivated that. Oh, yeah. Well, folks, keep it on the Golf Channel, and uh, they'll keep you up to date. Super, super excited because uh, I, what you said about Tony Finau, that was my question. You know here in Hawaii, his, you know, his, a lot of his family or wife's family is here, and a lot of people root on uh, Tony Finau. So it's great to say that maybe he's got a chance. And it is. For Tony Finau, it does come down to putting. I wonder on, the, like, a 13 what Tony Finau is going to do. Is he going to go for it? Or is he going to lay up? Anyway. He's not going to lay up. He's <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we still have yet to see Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler. Max Homa's been hot. Lots of great golf coming up all weekend. And we it's just, you know, we're just waiting and waiting and waiting uh, when we see that you're going to be on the show. We can't wait. And we appreciate you so much, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mark. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. My pleasure. All right, stay dry. That's Mark Rolfing uh, in the Hawaii Golf Hall of Fame. He is he is the face of Hawaii golf on a national level. You'll see his work, of course, at the uh, NBC and uh, the Golf Channel. Uh, and uh, he is brought to us by BMW of Honolulu, who is sponsoring our Masters coverage uh, this weekend. They've got a show coming up, and it's it's, it's called the Masters Tonight that uh, you can catch on CBS 1500. I believe it's like at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And then later on, uh, 10 o'clock tonight, if you're you know, you're know up late or whatever you're doing, uh, at 10 o'clock you can hear it here on ESPN Honolulu. Um, we are your station for the Masters, and it's uh, I wish they had Masters play-by-play because they've had golf play-by-play before. On radio, yeah. And they've I, I don't know, and i, I got to ask Josh Pacheco, he knows, it's either the PGA Championship or the U.S. Is it the U.S. Open? It's not the British Open. And one of them, they have actual golf play-by-play. Yeah. And if you're a golf, if you're a golf nut, oh, it's awesome. To me, it's second only to baseball play-by-play on the radio. To me, it really is. It's it's super cool. I wish they, I just wish they did more of that. And I think part of the problem is it takes a big team. I mean, the amount of people that you watch the Golf Channel or or when it's on ESPN, or right now a lot of coverage is on ESPN Plus. Look at the look at the amount of people it takes to put on. Uh, first of all, a golf tournament with all of the vol- hundreds and hundreds of people to put something like this on, just to broadcast it with all the different people. It it's not only the people you see on television, but it's the people in the um, okay, like when you're at the Sony Open. And if you have a chance to sit in one of those uh, those hoity-toity tents. Yeah. So next to, like, the par threes, and they have these towers, right? Yeah. So there's, yeah. like, a, two or three people in these towers who have these scopes on the ball. And when you, you, you watch the golf coverage – oh, we're running late. I'll make this quick. We watch the golf coverage, and you see the announcer go, he's 13 and a half feet out. And you think, how the heck does he know that? 
there's somebody that measures it in a tower and feeds it to the announcers. Well, I didn't know that. And they told me, yeah, we make them sound like geniuses. It's us. We're the geniuses. They're a spotter. The, oh, it's, a, it's pretty incredible the amount of people it takes to put on a broadcast. Whereas in this one, it takes really about... <laughs> I mean, a monkey could do what we're doing, but it takes a village. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, check it out. We got something new. Uh, our pal Joe, uh, Cole Mausolf, uh is the host of Athletes. That's Athel with a capital E A T S. It's coming soon to our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com. First episode. It's athletes uh, talking food and sitting around eating food. Uh, Pupu Sepulona and Shanson Revuelto. Uh, state champs from St. Louis uh, sit down with Cole over a meal from Pioneer Saloon. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where people like banking. Oh, it's Masters Week, NFL Draft three weeks from now. It's also National Letter of Intent Day next week for colleges. And we know it will be hopefully a number of players for UH basketball, men in Wahimi basketball teams getting some players. But the transfer portal keeps uh, getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, before we get into the transfer portal, Jeff texted in, and he says, how many openings does Hawaii basketball have since you mentioned the Letter of Intent Day? How many, how many pukas we get? I believe I believe it's either four or five. Okay, they lost the two guys in Samuta and Kamakahepa, two scholarships available there. Amar Abinak, no, nor uh, Zord Ned is a walk-on, and I'm, I believe Amar Alato could, but I'm not sure about him. Uh, Juan Munoz was a scholarship player. I know that. And then you also have Justice Jackson, who I read last week, and I wasn't aware of it, or I forgot. He's a walk-on. Was a walk on. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? So if you do the math, it would be at least four, four to five spots. I guess would be the answer for Jeff. Four to you know, five. Openings. Yeah, it might be a situation. You know, with Justin ja- Justice Jackson, it might be a situation where he's like, "Oh, can I get on scholarship?" They're all no, and he goes, "Okay, well, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to go somewhere, and I mean, somebody give me a scholarship to play." It, it could, could be, be that, and I think again, the NIL is everything I'm hearing. It's kind of easy to put it together. Is that that is maybe the bigger influence than playing time, which is what it's always been. More minutes. But and scholarship, of course, as well, of course. But if you get the NIL deals, and we're hearing about players staying in college, men and women, uh, because the money for some are bigger in the NIL than playing pro. All right. Uh, so okay. So what you were getting at uh, the transfer portal? Uh, the other day, I saw there was over a thousand players in the transfer portal. Now we're hearing, and Tanner had this update: over two thousand in the transfer portal. Every there's a DePaul player who averaged <laughs> twenty-five and twelve, all Big East first team, and he's in the transfer portal. You're not just losing players for minutes, and a guy like that to me has got to be about the NIL. Imagine how much money a double-double guy can get at a Power Five school. Just, they're just they're just having fun with it. They're like, hey, let's just transfers for everybody. But okay, but don't you have to sit out, or is you still don't have to sit you, out? You, you can transfer once if you're in good academic standing without sitting out a year. Oh. Once, as far as doing it a second <laughs> time, you have to be a grad transfer. Man, that's crazy! How many basketball players are there in Division One? Five thousand, three fifty times. It's, it's got to be about five thousand. D one and D two combined. I'm sorry, is in this, but it seems like half the players are transferring. 
360 schools times, let's say, 12 scholarship players even. So it's probably over 4,000 or somewhere over 4,000 to 4,500 or something in there. So a third of the players are are leaving their schools. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay, uh, top three things you need to know coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy National Burrito Day. Folks, it's New Year's, it's New Beer's Eve. Today, New Beer's Eve, meaning uh, tomorrow is uh, National Beer Day. Oh, so, uh, okay. I'll be taking the I'll be I'll be taking the day off. <laughs> you started celebrating already, I see. I got to celebrate. I got to celebrate National Beer Day. You got a burrito, a uh, Twinkie and a beer in front of you. Yeah, National Twinkie Day, National Burrito Day. Hey, it's also U.S. Army Day. Uh, let's see. It used to be celebrated on May 1st. Uh, and then uh, I guess it got, you know, not many people. People were celebrating May Day and stuff like that, so they moved it. Uh, yeah, National Army Day, April 6th, the anniversary of the U.S. entry into World War One. Well, that makes sense. What was you that moved like Army as a, Day? How was you that, Army Day? You moved Christmas What ever? was that like as a... What was that like as a kid, Gary, when your World War One hit? And well, you know, it must have been a confusing time around that. The house. hard thing was when you took pictures of everything; it was all in black and white, <laughs> and nobody smiled. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into it. The mass, it's mass, The Masters kicks off today. Victor Hovland continues. Every time we check the leaderboard, he moves up. Uh, uh, as far as his score, negative negative seven. I was going to say his score is negative seven. <laughs> Victor Hovland is minus seven through 13 holes. Are you kidding me? He's got an eagle on the second and one, two, three, four, five birdies. Bogey free round so far for Victor Hovland. He is on fire. Uh, tied for second. You got Shander, Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka from the Live Tour. He's finally healthy. You can't win it in a day, but you certainly lose it. But you know what? You want to, be, you know, you want to start off strong, especially before the weather comes right. out of Augusta. Where are those guys at? As far as how much under par? Uh, three under. So that's how good Victor Hovland's doing. It's seven under. It's a battle for second place right now okay, for well, today. Tiger right now is three under. I think he's on the fourteenth. No. He's not three under. I just saw it on on the t- on the golf channel just a few minutes ago. Still minus three. Uh, he was plus three last time we checked a few minutes ago. Okay, I'll double check that. I also saw Freddie Couples is one under. Yeah, Tiger Woods is uh, Tiger Woods is a uh, three over. Uh, he has four uh, he has four bogeys and one birdie. The rest pars. He's on the fourteenth hole right now. They must add a typo. Okay, but Freddie Couples though I did see that uh, one under. 
Yeah. 62 years old. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is uh, very cool. Bernard Longer's, uh, you know, he's not in it, but he's certainly not embarrassing himself. And, uh, you know, when Freddie Couples uh, approaches Bernard Longer, Longer says, hey, kid, that's how old <laughs> Bernard Longer is. But uh, anyway, yeah, Masters is on. we got updates for you here uh, throughout the day on ESPN Honolulu. The NBA is uh, hot right now as we got two games left in the regular season, and we still have some unanswered questions as far as the playoffs go. Actually, we have less unanswered questions than we normally do. For example, in the Eastern Conference, we know the teams that are some of the set, some of the matchups are already set. For example, the top five teams are already set of making the playoffs and where they are in the standing. There can't be any change. Milwaukee is a number one in the East. Boston will be a number two. Philadelphia will be three. Cleveland and the Knicks. Cleveland and the Knicks, four and five, will play each other in the first round. It would take a lot for Miami at number seven to overcome the Brooklyn Nets, which means Brooklyn would get Philadelphia three versus six. Uh, so you have the eight, the 10 teams, excuse me, are already set. Chicago is number 10 in the East. So there are some unanswered questions. Most of it, though, Chris, in both conferences is about seeding and who plays who. And that makes a big difference, of course, who you're better matched up against. Right, right. All right. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on? It's a game day for Rainbow Baseball. Yeah, I'm glad they're back at home. And, I, I, I mean, this team's offensively, I think, has been as good as you might have hoped for. Four starters averaging batting over 300 already. Kyson Donahue with six homers. Uh, I don't know what the high is for a season. I mean, it's been a while since somebody's hit even, say, 12 to 15 homers a season for Hawaii. It's not a, a home run ballpark, and they've been hitting the ball pretty well. Kyson Donahue is leading the pack right there. I'm really a little bit more concerned about the starting pitching. And not that it's been awful, and Fullerton is that good of a team who scored a lot last week. But hopefully when they get a lead, they can close it out. And losing on two walk-offs, I mean, that's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. It's great when you win them that way, but it's the opposite when you lose them that way. So hopefully back in the winning track this weekend against CSU Bakersfield, who was only 1-8 and eight in the conference. So a good matchup to have when you come back home, and I'm sure they'd like to get some win to make up a little bit for last weekend. And they were so close to winning at least two out of three, if not all three, against Cal State Fullerton. But uh, early for conference play, they already had their bye week. Everybody has one week of uh, no conference games. Hawaii will have a couple of midweek games later on in the road. I think Pepperdine will be one and might be Cal Baptist off the check. Other than that, it's all Big West competition for at least a weekend. But everybody else will have their bye weeks coming up like a Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I lied when I said that uh, we would uh, be giving away volleyball tickets right after we talked to Mark Rolfing. Okay, if you want two tickets to volleyball, you know what? Let's give them all away. We'll give away four tickets. Four are they together? Do you know if they're? I'm sure they're together. I would think so. If it could, we could give them out as a four pack. We're not going to give somebody four tickets and say, "Well, two of you are sitting here. The other two got great seats down on the floor." So they're all four together. I would easily assume that. All right. Well, we're not going to promise it, but we're going to give away four tickets right now to Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. This is for tomorrow night against UC Irvine. Woo! Call in. Be caller number three at eight zero eight two nine six. 1420 and uh we will uh um um we'll uh give those away so keep uh listening 
The so last time Irvine in. was here at the Stan Sheriff Center, a lot of Hawaii fans were cheering for them, including not I wasn't cheering either way, but they were playing Long Beach State in the Big West semis. And the Hawaii fans, like I think probably a lot of fans in the Big West, aren't big fans of Long Beach State and their fans and some of their players. So the Hawaii fans were really supportive. It was like a home match for UC Irvine, maybe even more than they ever get at home. And the Long Beach fans and players after the match were pretty upset at the Hawaii fans. I was caught up in their crowd and some of the language they were using about Hawaii and their fans bothered a lot, bothered me, but it was because Hawaii was supporting Irvine because they don't like Long Beach State and they wanted uh -huh. to maybe play Irvine in the oh. Big West Finals. So they were mad that we were giving UC Irvine the home uh, home court advantage even though they were on the road. Yeah, some of the things they were saying in the crowd, <laughs> it was pretty brutal actually. Good. <laughs> so Irvine, I will get the same reception tomorrow though, that's for sure, or Saturday. Yeah. In, in the famous words, I don't know his name, of Bart Simpson's friend on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> famous we, words. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of texts here, 808-296-1420. And uh, uh, somebody asked Gary, who's in the running for Wemby? And for folks who don't know, can you explain what a Wemby is? What a Wemby is is going to be a once-in-a-generational basketball player. And I'm going to get a little bit more information on him, but the guy is fantastic. You just type in VIC on Twitter, I mean on Google, and you get him. He's listed at 7-2. He's playing in France. Victor Wembenyama. He's been the can't-miss prospect for over a year now at least. He is very young, and he will be in the NBA draft. He's only 19, and he turned 19 a couple of months ago. Uh, there's a footage of him over the weekend missing a three-pointer, getting the rebound, and dunking it one-handed. I mean, that's how special this guy is. guy's got unbelievable ball skills. This might not be the best comparison, but he's a little bit built like Chet Holmgren in that he's seven foot that's one. That's not a good thing. Well, Chet Holmgren is a very good player. He just got the injury, obviously, in the summer league last right, year. Right, but, of the but year. he's he's going to be continue to be injured if he doesn't put some weight oh, on. Well, that's the thing I was going to say about and Victor Wembanyama. He's not that strong. I don't think they have his weight here. But you look at him, he's built like Chet Holmgren, very thin. And I think that could be, this big, to me, what I see the biggest concern in the NBA. You're going up against big centers, big guys all around. And if right. you can't mix and match and bump with those guys, it might be. And I said that about Chet Holmgren. That's my biggest concern about him, where people are saying how great he is. Yeah, he's a great player. He's a great shooter. But can he handle the physicality of the NBA? Not at his okay. size with his um, weight. Okay, so this guy's not even playing college. He's playing in where? In Europe. France? I think it's in France, in, I believe. In France. He's a French professional player, yes. He plays for a team called the Mets, so that's not a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a curse right there. It's a, the, Kiss the, of death. The, the Mets. The, okay, so how do, when do we start discovering this guy? I've never heard about him up until like a week or two ago. Oh, you heard about him. We talked about him six, seven months ago because the NBA I must TV, not have been listening. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> NBA TV has shown a lot of his game, or enough of his games over the season. Uh, oh. I, I was the first aware of him probably a year, year and a half ago, sometime during last season. He, he's, he's special, but again, the size part has got to be a little bit of concern. Again, I mean the weight. Because if, again, you can be that tall, but we've seen a Sean Bradley. And I'm not comparing him with Sean Bradley, except they're both over seven feet. But he couldn't handle the physical part of the NBA. And if you get these big, strong centers who are really, right. you know, got but, the weight. But the, you can't bang as much as you did when Sean Bradley was playing either. No. Right? And, you, and you're not going to be banging down low with, say, Joel Embiid. He's going to be out on the perimeter shooting threes. True. 
that's true. But again, when he drives to the basket or just tries to get in traffic, there's going to be a, the guy. I would. I mean, like the highlights I've seen. You got obviously pros there in France, but they're not NBA players. And I would mm. think when you're going up against some of the big guys in the NBA, uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher for him. Again, I mean, again, people put can't miss the can't miss label yeah. on him. We've heard that a I lot would... of times. Some players live up to it, and this guy yeah. gets a little bit more of it than others as far as the can't miss part. I want Detroit is the front runner for him. I would think right now. Well, because that's if they win the lottery. They have the worst record, so they'll get the most ping pong balls. Right, but I, you know, this guy. I'm looking at a picture of him. His hand around the basketball. It looks like he's holding a handball or something. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just it's amazing how large some human beings get. Hey, congratulations, uh, John from Kaimuki. He was caller number three, and he got himself the four Rainbow Warrior volleyball tickets. Uh, from ESPN Honolulu. So congratulations. Enjoy the game. And uh, remember, after we roof somebody, look for the guy. The guy down on the floor somewhere in the corner. I don't know what corner. Yeah. He's going to say one, two, three, and that's when you say roof. I'm going to see if I can get tickets to this game. I want to go. I'm sure because I want to I want to be able to yell roof with everybody. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time as everybody <laughs> right. this time. Yeah. I was unison. I was flying I was flying blind. I was trying to time it myself. I didn't know how the whole thing worked. <laughs> and now we know. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else is going on here? We got Rainbow Baseball today. Of course, uh Rainbow Warrior Volleyball is uh going on going on tomorrow. And uh okay, we've got our Masters update coming up uh momentarily here. But um, anyway, I want to get into the uh, the volleyball game and dig up all the special promotions, if you would, uh, on volleyball and uh, uh, the game for Friday and Saturday night because there's a lot going on. And uh, that's coming up. Right now we're going to check out our Masters update brought to you by BMW of Honolulu on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, Max, Max Holloway fight's coming up April 15th. The main card starts at 2.30. We're inviting everyone to join us and our friends from KHON2. Big watch party at Dave & Buster's. Once again, April 15th. Uh, going to be some great fights on that card. You can watch it on Dave & Buster's 40-foot wow wall. That's what they call it. We did a, a something. At a, it was a, I don't know what we did. We did some promotion. Maybe it was NBA Finals or something like a year ago. I think it was maybe a uh, March Madness. Some, I don't know. I think you were on vacation, but we went down there, and uh, that wow wall they have is a uh, pretty wow. I want to check it out now. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so that's going on. Uh, what else is going on? The Masters is going on. Rainbow Warrior Volleyball tonight, and there's all kinds of promotions that um, the university has with their new uh, marketing guy, uh, Eric Matthews. What's going on for Friday night? Help sell some tickets, Dickman. Okay, one second. Let me pull up that page. Yeah, they got some great things we coming said up. It was coming up four I got minutes it right ago here. before the break, and I now hear. you're scrambling? I'm not scrambling at all. I'm not even stalling. I just needed a two-second, you know, the kind. Okay, for tomorrow, it's club sports night. 
presented by Coca-Cola. Take advantage of the group ticket rate that they have. Bring the entire team, the crew, down to watch Hawaii basketball, uh, Hawaii volleyball. The club uh-huh. teams are encouraged to wear their jerseys and represent their teams. And I saw some of the videos on Instagram for Hawaii Athletic. Looked pretty cool. Now, the first 300 fans, this is Friday night, tomorrow, will get a Coca-Cola fanny pack plus prizes during the intermission game between sets two and three, including a Coca-Cola bear, two beach chairs, and grilling tools. I know Chris loves to grill, so I know yeah. you're going to try to win some of those grilling tools. That's pretty cool for Friday night. What did you say? What After the bear, what can they win? Two beach chairs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Getting, you know, getting ready for summer and Coca-Cola on the beach and your beach chairs and, of course, your grilling tools. Wow. Thank you, Coca-Cola. I could use myself a Coke right now. Yeah. I could use myself some pop. Some okay, pop. so that's Friday. So that's Friday. If you're in, in any kind of team, wear your jersey. Just make it jersey night. Yeah. Anybody who's going, wear a jersey. Yeah. Why not? If you have a whole team come down, it'll look pretty cool. Yeah, and, and even if, if you're a coach, you, you wear like this shirt. It says I-9 on the front and coach on the back. Wear that red shirt down there. Wear it proudly. I'm sure all of us parents have an I-9 red coach shirt out there anyway. They were always red? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know I, that. They might have changed. I haven't. Okay. My kids are, you know, old and, go, um, you know, moved on. But when they were little, uh, you got that red shirt. It said coach on the back. Now, when you said moved on, they're still with us. They're just not with you. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't pa- <laughs> And yeah, that was that was kind of the plan. By them or you? Hey, you know what? You're 18. Go to college or join in the military. Get out. It's time. It's time. <laughs> well, if you are around for Saturday night, it's going to be great as well. This is really cool. Magnum PI night presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. Members of the cast and crew, we're not sure who, but I imagine many of the stars will be there. Uh, uh-huh. They will be joining uh, the crowd on Saturday night. The red Ferrari, which I actually got a picture of downtown five years ago or four years ago, will be mm-hmm. there for photo ops. You can get a selfie with the red Ferrari. And if you maybe you're clever enough, you can, you know, Hot wire it and drive it home. I don't know. If, I don't recommend that. But you're going to be able to take uh, photos with the red Ferrari and also the. Is uh, it? Yeah. Is it the red Ferrari or is it a a red Ferrari? Uh, well, the one I saw around town was the official red because they're not going to use the red Ferrari. Where they're going to get another one from? How many red Ferraris are on Oahu? What's that place that JN has where they have the sassy cars? Yeah. Uh, by Ala Moana. By, by, by Blaisdell. Yeah, they, I'm sure they got a red Ferrari over there. I think they're out of stock right now. If I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, but Brad, Brad Nikolai, where are you when we need you? <laughs> yeah. But not only the red velocity, Ferrari. velocity is what I was thinking of. Okay. Velocity is what the place is called. Okay. Well, remember they used to let us drive those cars. Yeah, that was pretty. And, cool. and then really right away they're like, "What are we doing? Why, why are they letting them drive our cars?" That was pretty get the cool. cars back from those guys. I remember what was that thing called? So, you, you could hit something in your car to get help. Something star. And I was getting, I had a Corvette one yeah. weekend, and I kept hitting it by mistake, and I started whispering or trying to hide like they could see who I was or something. But I, it's like an emergency call or something. Yeah, they don't have that in, do they have that in, not on all cars have that. I haven't heard that in forever, but I remember those cars had you them. And we have, well, our cars are about three years old, something like that. Mine our is, cars yeah. We, well, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like three years old. I, th- I thought maybe it's only in American cars. Maybe, but I. But anyway, this is really thrilling for the audience to listen <laughs> yes, to. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay, so Saturday night. Okay, so Saturday night, Magnum PI night. 
uh, if you uh, do um, want to arrive in a helicopter, they'll make space for you to land it. Yeah. Just to go with the Magnum theme. Make sure you bring your helicopter parking pass, though, because otherwise you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> don't You've got to rush it. to the game. Everyone's <laughs> rushing to their helicopters. Now, the first 5,000 fans... Don't get caught in helicopter <laughs> no, traffic no. on the way home. No, not at all. The first 5,000 fans will receive six trading cards featuring the cast of Magnum P.I., while 300 fans will win an HPH bag, Hawaii Pacific Health, and then during intermission, a Thomas Magnum lookalike contest with prizes... Uh, you just said lookalike. Lookalike. Okay. Uh, including a massage certificate, uh, also an HPH bag again, and a branded a branded cooling towel and a Magnum PI tiki mug that they have on the no they haven't shown those on the shelf I don't think oh so. okay all right but that's gonna be so cool they have though. a massage they had something left over from the Deshaun Watson night I know I know I was gonna stay away from that but that, I mean I think that's gonna be cool to have that you're playing Irvine who's in first <laughs> place this is the two time defending national champs as we love saying that over and over there's only four home matches left there's only four matches left in the regular season and we're gonna have Tim Wells join us in less than seven minutes. These are really important as far as seeding. I mean, you don't, you don't, you'd love to have the number one seed and get a, not have to play an extra match in the Big West tournament. I think you get a, if you're number one or number two, you get a buy. Yeah, you do. But I'm saying Hawaii is number two right now, but you can't afford to lose to Irvine. I, I'll find yeah. out looking back at them, but it's still not a guarantee technically that they yeah. would get that buy. And usually they are, lately especially, in that situation. So these are really big matches. The crowds have been great. I think they'll be even bigger with all these great promotions for Friday and Saturday. Right on. So thank you to Coca-Cola and Hawaii Pacific Health and to uh, Thomas Magnum. I don't know his name. Jay Hernandez. Thanks, thanks Jay Hernandez. Uh, maybe Tom Selleck is going to be there, too. People, if he's not filming Blue Bloods. You and I You know, Tom, Tom Selleck has been steadily employed in Hollywood for like 40 years now. It's crazy. It's great, though. Still yeah. got the stash. I mean, he was on Friends for a while. He had a couple of baseball movies. Um, but he's still, to me, he is the original and the best Thomas. I, I like Jay Hernandez. I actually like the show right now. I haven't watched it in a few weeks, but I DVR'd them. But I like the show the way they're having it. And it came back on a different network after getting canceled last year. Hey, I've got some a recommendation before we get Tiff on. Paramount Plus. I just ordered it like uh, uh, a few weeks ago. And I love Yellowstone, the show Yellowstone. I hear it's great. And um, I heard that, okay, Kevin Costner doesn't want to be in, on it as much. You know, he doesn't want to f- keep filming so many episodes. So they, they're they going to have someone take his place or something. But anyway, on Paramount Plus, they have the precursor, right? This, right? We had Star Wars before, and then the new movies came out were precursors. With, or prequels. You know, so yeah. Prequels, yeah. So you got a prequel uh, on Paramount Plus called 1923. Starring Harrison Ford. Oh, the acting is super good, and they got famous actors in it. And then when that's, I think it's one season, and then when that's done, it automatically goes into another series. Another, uh, the prequel of the prequel called 1883. <laughs> and that's starring, I mean, Tom Hanks was in that. He was in a, a, one of the episodes, uh, kind of a cameo deal. And it has Sam. What's that guy's name? With Zola Sam Rockwell? No, Sam, Sam Neal. No, Sam. He always plays a cowboy. He has a deep voice. He, didn't, he, and he has a him. big old mustache. Anyway, Sam, you know who I'm talking about. He's the main guy in this one. O'Neal. And the, it's gotten like a SAG. No, it's it's got SAG awards and everything 
because of the acting. It's really, really, really good. So highly recommend it. All right. Enough on that. <laughs> let's let's tell you that uh, Tiff Wells is going to join us as we get into more Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. That's coming up next year. And uh, remember, our City Mills uh, Spring Power Tool Sale is going on. So if uh, you like to use DeWalt Power Tools, you can meet your DeWalt Power Tools specialist this Saturday at Eva Beach City Mill from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And they're giving away cool stuff at the store, too. For other special events, visit citymill.com or follow them on Instagram at citymill. you uh to the texter sam elliott the name i we were looking for gotta check it out 1883 watch 19 watch 1923 first then 1883 tim mcgraw sam elliott faith hill uh tim mcgraw is a great job he's a tough guy and uh a, guy, a, a lady that plays his uh teenage daughter is isabel may i've never heard of her before but she's really really good anyway let's get back into uh the volleyball talk here on ESPN Honolulu. Speaking of tough guys, well, he's uh, joining us right now, joining us on ESPN Honolulu, the voice of Rainbow Warrior Volleyball and many other sports as well on ESPN Honolulu. Tiff Wells, Tiff, great to have you on. And before we get into the importance of this weekend matches, uh, we were um, informed, I believe, yesterday about a fan who sits in the stand and will give the rest of the fans the timing situation of saying one, two, three, everybody Okay, yelling. so if we if we do a block, somebody stands there and goes one, two, three, and everyone says, roof. Mm-hmm. And the guy, did he st- they said, someone said he stands behind you. Is well, that sits, where we look? to the right of you, they said, yes. Well, then if he stands behind me, I'll, I'll have to take the word of it of all of our reporters because I don't really look behind me during the match. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm not a tough okay. guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, but see, okay, so I'm at the match, and I don't know what's going on. But be, um, So after we get a block, and then uh, Terry Vesperis will say something like, uh, um, and I forgot what he says, and then like it's a delayed response. The whole crowd goes, roof. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm trying to say it along with the crowd, but I'm either saying it too earlier or too late because I didn't know there was a guy to watch for. Apparently, there, like you said, there is a person, and it has been more noticeable the last few home matches, and granted we haven't had one in a couple of weeks, but it has gotten a lot louder the last few weeks we've had home matches, and it, it's really been... It's really been something, and it's always you guys go to all the games all the time, and it's something that Bobby Curran loves to say that when you go to, to when you go to Simplify Arena Stand Church Center, and it it becomes over five thousand people in house, it goes from a game to an event, and I think when the crowd is into it, which they already are to begin with, but yeah, when yeah, yeah, five thousand in there, it becomes it becomes a very big event, and I think to have the one two three roof when you got eight thousand large in there chanting roof. After you get housed, it's pretty intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we just, you know, for folks that don't know how to do it, I'm just one of the regular people letting you know how to do it. Look for the guy uh, kind of behind Tiff. To the right of Tiff. To the right to of, the Tiff, right behind of him. Tiff. Behind him and to so, the right of uh, Tiff. So look for, look, there'll be the guy standing up. So everyone else around the guy, sit down <laughs> so that we can all see the guy. Do we know the guy's name? Is he like a red hat? Can you give him something? <laughs> <You're> red. 
you know, we'll have to get our correspondent Ben Benjamin and John Jonathan on the scene to figure that one out for us. They're good at that. Can we get that to happen? You know what? It's Coca-Cola night, red Coca-Cola. Give them a Coke hat. There you go. And uh, there you go. All right, let's talk about the volleyball, Gary. I believe it's Ben Ben Kiana is the one who would yell out, Roof. He does a great job with that. Yes. So, oh, okay. The night, oh, the one night I was there, uh, I guess Ben was gone. It was, uh, okay. it was Terry Vesperis. But anyway, go ahead. Tiff, I mentioned this earlier. This sounds crazy in a way, but I, I can't remember the last time the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team was playing a conference opponent and looking up at them at the standings. Irvine is 6-0 and in the Big West, Hawaii at 5-1, and which means there's a lot of importance for these matches this weekend as well. But it's been a while since somebody's been ahead of them in the standings, hasn't it? It really has, and I think you can. It's basically been either Hawaii or Long Beach one and two since the Big West has sponsored men's volleyball back in 2018. But I think for it's a little bit different this year for men's volleyball for for the schedule to open up with Long Beach and, and close with UC Irvine and UC San Diego. Sometimes the scheduling just you know is a little bit different. But I think for Hawaii again, the the goal is to be playing meaningful matches when you get into April, and that's exactly what Hawaii has in a. Of the six teams in the conference, and it's basically three teams in one, two, and three in any order of Hawaii, Irvine, Long Beach. That's how it will be. And then the bottom three of CSUN, uh, UC San Diego, and UC Santa Barbara fighting for four, five, and six. It's really become a top-heavy and a bottom-heavy conference. There's no one really in the middle of the Big West Conference. So, But like you said, a very key series for Hawaii this weekend. Fortunately for the Bows, who have been playing very well on the road, all their wins on the road, all by 3-0 sweeps. For as good mm. as Hawaii has been on the road, they get to play their final four matches at home. What are the probabilities or possibilities as far as the Big West tournament? Because you have Irvine ahead. I mean, if you can sweep them, okay, you're in first place. And you would own a tiebreaker if it came down to that. But, I mean, you want this team to get the top seed to hopefully get a bye. But where do you see the probabilities as far as it's playing out over these four matches? It's easy, well, not say easy, but the nice thing for Hawaii is we just mentioned all four of their remaining matches are at home, but the fact that Irvine has the toughest schedule because they have to come here to Hawaii for two. They're actually leaving today. They come in sometime this afternoon. But for Irvine, they finish the season with two at Hawaii, and then they do a home-and-home with Long Beach State. So they have arguably the toughest schedule. And I think for Hawaii, right now, it looks... It looks pretty good for Hawaii. Yes, you have Irvine at two. You take care of business. But at the end of the day, you also have the tiebreak advantage with Long Beach. Each team won in three sets. But because Hawaii scored a couple of more points in the sets they lost, they still own the total points tiebreaker in that series over Long Beach State. So it's, it helps Hawaii to have that tiebreaker already with Long Beach. But again, four matches left. We'll, see, we'll have to see what happens. But... Hawaii with all four at home, maybe in the driver's seat. We'll have to wait and see. Ooh, right. Hey, volleyball fans, that's the voice of Tiff Wells you're listening to with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Getting many, many texts uh, for uh, telling us Uh-oh. you know, where the 123 guy is. I want to know who this 123 <laughs> guy is, and I'd love to have him on the show. This guy's awesome. The 123 guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> go ahead and talk volleyball. Sorry, I just wanted to let you guys know we got your texts. Okay. Thank you. Well, let's talk about Irvine. I mentioned this a few minutes ago. They were here last year for the Big West Tournament, almost beat Long Beach State. We know they're a good team. Hawaii's done a very good job against them in recent years, winning the last 11. It's almost like the Lakers over the Clippers, the same number there. What about Irvine this year? <laughs> the I mean, Clippers again, over the Lakers. You Clippers mean. over the Lakers. 6-0 uh, and in the conference <laughs> right now. I mean, Hawaii's obviously just you know just as good. But what are, you thought, what are your thoughts about Irvine, maybe compared to any other Big West teams or their strengths? Compared to any other team in the conference, Maybe not as good in terms of blocking, and hopefully I just didn't jinx Hawaii's hitters this, this weekend against Irvine, but I think for UCI, and we mentioned this the last few times we talked about likes of UCLA, Penn State, Long Beach. We've heard it from all the coaches. We've mentioned it with you guys you know, the last few times. you got to have dudes, and Irvine has a couple of dudes. Uh, Frank oh, no. and, 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 and a first-team All-American outside has the ability to offensively single-handedly take over the match Kind of like a Demetrius Nucleus or a Speedo Pockets in a way. He's 6'8". He averages maybe four kills per set. One of the top hitters in the conference. Certainly one of the top hitters in the country. Koi will have, will have their hands full with him. But then also with Ilir Eno, the uh, sophomore Frenchman opposite who can play also on the outside. He leads the conference. He leads the country. He has 71 service aces on the season. And to put that in perspective, he averages almost an ace per set. So if Irvine's playing three sets or four sets or five sets, he's averaging an ace every set Irvine plays this season. So I think for Hawaii, it is very key. You may not be able to stop Francesco Sani. He's, he's really he's really that good and one of the top hitters in the country and one of the conference as well. But I think if you're able to slow down and force somebody other than Francesco Sani to beat you offensively, but also with Ilir Eno, who has done has maybe had one of the most amazing serving performances throughout the season so far in, 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 in quite some time. If you're able to limit his number of service turns per set and per match, and you're able to handle serve and pass, which Hawaii has struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks with, with that phase of the game, if they're able to do those couple of things in this series, you like Hawaii's chances here at home this weekend. I've been gone for a few weeks. I've been able to listen to. Well, I have been. You're able, not but, a real fan. But I, wasn't, I didn't listen to the broadcast. But what about the health of Jakob Tella? I mean, is he a hundred percent? I know he missed those matches earlier on. And oh my God, three concern- weeks ago, called. They want their question back. Uh, also, the fact that he's only six service aces away from being number one all time in the history of this program. It shows you he's pretty as, healthy. He's as healthy as can be. As for what this is and sure you come into April there you know there are some you know nicks and bruises here and there but for the most part and and I've asked and I've asked Jakob this before the Santa Barbara series and even going back to Northridge he's as good as healthy as he has felt in some time and that is even right around the time he's had you know the surgery so he's as good to go everybody is as good to go and they're they're ready for this weekend with Irvine. Tiff Well yeah. joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, talking Rainbow Warrior Volleyball, hopefully getting ready for a three-peat. And Chris is making me ask you this question. I didn't really want to, but Chris is oh, asking me to do it? this. But when you made your poll and off the block, your top oh. 15 poll, you, <laughs> you had Hawaii split? number two you, and UCLA number one. You got some splaining to do, Lucy. You got Hawaii at number two. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. I, 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 I've, 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 got, I've gotten some flack. I've heard it on the station. I've, I've seen some of the social media comments. Um, you know, looking, I mean, I, I understand at the end of the day, Hawaii did beat UCLA head-to-head. I understand that, and I get that. But I think for when you really look at the schedule, and again, it's nothing against 
Hawaii and their schedule and, you know, nothing with UCLA as well. I just feel with some of the more stronger teams that UCLA has played in the regular season and just coming off of their series at Grand Canyon now, it is a conference series, so they're going to play them twice a year. And, and for what they did at Grand Canyon, winning in four and winning in three in Phoenix, two impressive wins. I understand they have the win at Penn State. They also have, they also have the win um, against Penn State here in Honolulu. Um, but I think for just what the bo- overall body of work, and it's not even a one and two, it's almost like a one A and one B. And I've, and I've had Hawaii at one, I've had UCLA at one. I just, I just feel when you, when you look at the schedule, I think UCLA has a couple of more top tier wins on their resume than, than Hawaii does. Uh, I didn't sure. want to ask a question, Chris forced me. <laughs> And I know I'm going to get flack from you guys. I'm going to get flack on social media. You know, it is it is what it is. Um, and and again, you know, the the guys, you know, they 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 may see it, but they're not really looking into it. Like, oh, we're we're number one in this poll. We're number two in that poll. The, the guys the guys don't care. It's more for it's more for media discussion. It's more for for fans to interact as well. But yeah. I think it, it's and and hey, we're talking men's volleyball here in April. Granted, we're we're in Hawaii and we've been the two time national champs. You know, reigning. But it's it, again. It's just it's just a it's just a talking point that gets people to talk about men's volleyball. There you go, there you go. Tiff Wells with us here on ESPN Honolulu. I remember Charlie Wade at a couple of call the coaches ago was saying that they don't even pay attention to who wins Player of the Week. It's not like anything they talk <laughs> about. So they've got their focus on the big prize, which is winning that last match in May, and hopefully it'll happen again mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. Are you okay. going to enter the All Thomas right. Magnum Lookalike Contest? No. I'll have I'll have my Aloha shirt. I'm, I'm I'm I am I am on the hunt for for a good pair of Ray Bans for some aviator sunglasses. I know Canola he's going to try and do something for uh, Spectrum Sports. But that that Saturday night contest of of the Thomas Magnum lookalike and to have the Magnum PI cast and crew in house that that's going to be very fun. And I will guarantee you this: there will be more than five thousand in house on, on Saturday night. You start your day with Rainbow Warrior baseball against the Bakersfield. Stay around the parking lot for an hour or so after the game is over and. Make your way over to the arena, and why not? Let's let's pack this down. Let's get ten thousand three hundred in there on Saturday night. One, two, yeah, three. Baby. One, two, three. Woo. Woo. There we go. Woo. All right, Tiff Wells. Thank you very much. Loving you more than my own family. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, right. Tiff. All right, guys. All right, Have a good t- one. right on. Tiff Wells joins us here on ESPN Honolulu, and you can hear the calls on this very radio station. Pre-game show starts at six forty-five. Coming up next, we'll update you on the Masters. Some uh, some folks are making a charge. They're making it good. And uh, actually, a guy that Tanner picked to win is hot right now. Uh, right now, time for our bulletin board brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Did you know that when you talk, read, or sing with your child, you're helping to shape their brain? Every parent has the power to create a strong start for our kids from the day they're born. Visit talkingisteaching.org. Message brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu.
Oh, just a reminder again for the weekend, uh, City Mills got their uh, spring power tool sale going on. And uh, you can meet the DeWalt power tools specialist this Saturday at the Eva Beach City Mill from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. They're giving away a lot of prizes, too. Uh, if you want to check out other special events, uh, check out the website, citymill.com, or follow them on Instagram. Okay, it is time to give you a master's update here on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, I think everybody is teed off by now, right? The answer is yes. Everybody is teed off. Kevin Na, after nine holes, withdrew. Uh, Will Zalatoris has withdrawn before he teed off. So I'm guessing, I hope he doesn't have a back problem again. Uh, Sandy Lyle and Larry Mize are plus nine and plus seven, respectively. So they're good as gone. (laughs) Again, you can't win a tournament in a day, but you can certainly lose it. But check this out. Uh, Victor Hovland through 16, he's still at seven under. He leads the pack. Out of nowhere, birdieing, I think, 14 and 15, Xander Schauffele is five under. He's, uh, they're all playing in the same group. Adam Scott, five under, uh, through the 16th. So you got Victor Hovland, one, two shots back, Schauffele and Scott, and John Rahm, who's a hole behind. Tanner Hayworth, we picked our who we thought we were going to win, and I, I, for some reason, I remember who Tanner picked. I don't remember who I picked. You picked Scotty Scheffler, picked, I thought. Is that who I picked? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Xander Shoffley is who uh, Tanner picked, and uh, he's looking good right now, at least. Now, in the top ten, uh, well, the top, let's go through the top eight because of the ties. It's an all-star field, mostly. Victor Hovland. Shoffley, Scott, John Rahm, tied for number five, former Open champion, Shane Lowry, who I would think because of where he's from, like Rory McIlroy, would probably play play well when if it gets cold and in the rain. Uh, he's from uh, Ireland. Ireland? Ireland, yeah? Not Scotland. I believe Ireland. so. Yeah, that's where yeah. Rory's from. He's, uh, yeah, I, th- um, I think he has the same color flag next to his name as Rory. <laughs> The uh, the leaderboard is um, crazy because all of a sudden now it says Cameron Young is in first place at eight under, and now he's gone. That must have been a typo. Okay, so anyway, uh, tied for fifth, Shane Lowry, Cameron Young, who I, I think he was the rookie of the year last year. Brooks Kepka from the Live Tour is three strokes back. Ho, <laughs> uh, Sam Burns, uh, not a household name, but uh, folks who – Folks who really follow golf will know Sam Burns. Uh, he's tied for fifth at four under. Uh, tied for nine under. Uh, excuse me, tied for three under. Tied for ninth. Chris Kirk, and get this, Sam Bennett, the amateur. Huh? So I've got an amateur in the top ten right now. But anyway, we'll have updates for you throughout the day here on ESPN uh, Honolulu. Uh, as we are your master's station. And thank you uh, to BMW of Honolulu for bringing us all of your coverage. All right, that's going to do it. I'm going to, since tomorrow is National Beer Day, I'm going to take a vacation <laughs> day because we are at New Beer's Eve today. But anyway, uh, let's see, we've got uh, Let's Talk Sports coming up at 12 noon. And um, uh, Sports Animals, excuse me, that's, not, that's us, <laughs> off the bench <laughs> in the afternoon. 
followed by Rainbow Baseball tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>